everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, we are here to cover the Digimon World Tour, long-awaited for Digimon Adventure Zero 2, something we've been talking about since last season, episodes 40 through 42. I am super excited. I rewatched these last night because we took a week off, and these are good episodes. I quite like them. Yeah, I was. I, I, I have I, thoughts. I, I could, you have thoughts. I, yeah, they aren't perfect by any means. Um, not even remotely close. But like, I thought they were a lot of fun. Um, but yes, uh, I, I, I'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to, to dive into these and, yeah, kind of make sense of what we, what we watched. I suppose is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, but before we get into that, we do have some some digi news to to announce. So you could you should edit in some one of those like news beeper reports like the boop, 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 do 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 do. Yeah, so the sports center sound. Oh that's, no, that, that's just the giant bomb one. You can't you can't I, use the giant bomb. One. <laughs> cut that! Cut that! Slow when you're listening. Cut that out. <laughs> all right. Um. So, a couple things to announce. First of all, this past week, as of recording, when you by the time you hear this, it'll be over a week old. But this past week was the 21st anniversary of the Japanese theatrical release of Our War Game, or as it's called in Japan, Children's War Game. Grown so man's war game. Happy yeah, birthday. It, it can now drink in North America, <laughs> or in the U.S., rather. So it's uh, it's now an adult's war game. Adult's war game. Congratulations. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, like we covered it a while back. Almost a full season ago. No, wow. Um, still arguably the best piece of media the franchise has ever produced, so... Kudos to that. <laughs> the best piece of media, full stop. There we go. That's, that's how good it I, is. Hey, I, I will not disagree with you. Actually, it's like, this was half of our episodes ago was our, our war game episode. <laughs> wow. Like, that's episode name, 38, name, name. episode 19 was our was Skull War Game. We yeah. waited that's for weird. this moment. That's weird to think yeah. about. Um, um, Sloan, can you do me a favor? Can you name another piece of media? Anything at all? Like any media for for two any colors, media. name a woman. Name a woman. Oh god, that's actually pretty tough. Name any piece. Actually, of no, media. it's not. We're not a writer. Uh, any piece of media doesn't have to be Digimon media. No, just anything. Any media whatsoever. TV, film, whatever you want. Uh, God, now I feel like I'm on the spot. Uh, Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Digimon Adventure Our War Game is better than Sailor Moon. There you go, because it's the best piece of media. You know what? I guess I can't argue with that. <laughs> so, you know what? If I should have like, thrown you like, like I should have thrown you like a curveball, like thirteen sentinels, made you really think about that. <laughs> this went on three times longer than I expected it to. Okay, um, it's, yeah, it's cool. literally just that. It's literally just that Billy Eichner name a woman sketch. <laughs> yeah, put in the spot <laughs> and under pressure. Think, that's that's why that. I had trouble when I'm put on the spot like that. How am I supposed to name a piece of media? The only Billy Eichner uh, thing that comes to mind when I think of when I hear his name is like the 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 go lesbians or whatever like, well, let's go lesbians yeah. let's yeah, go lesbians a classic that's just this podcast though yeah you are the, you I mean, are the, the billy eichner of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and the billy oh yeah yeah i see where you go with that yeah cool. <laughs> i'm okay with that next bit all right next so bit. next bit um uh oh new mons just dropped y'all do you want to see these new mons that just dropped oh, yeah, yesterday I, I saw i saw the new mons show us the new, new mons. mons dropped uh so these were just officially added to the online uh, data book yesterday, 
On the left is Shivamon, and on the right is Achillesmon. So we've got two more mythological themed creatures. Are these also with the uh, with the Fitbit thing, or I think yeah, where are these from? I think they're they're involved in the Fitbit thing, yeah. Okay, but as far as I know, they're they just got added to the data book yesterday, so they just yeah, got I made heard, real heard, yesterday. Yeah, I heard I heard about the yeah the the book yesterday, but I didn't know if they were connected to the uh, the Fitbit or not. I like the designs; they're kind of silly, but I mean. Digimon is kind of silly, so, like, who am I to say what can or can't be a Digimon? They're very slick. Um, so, so Shivamon, I think, is 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 great. I, I really like that one. That was that was the name, right? Shivamon. Yeah, yeah the one Lotus. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is really, yeah, really cool. Um, I think the only thing I might take away is that, like, the random rainbow is maybe a bit much. But, no, you need um, that. That's that's aesthetic. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> striking. Um, I'm not sure the other one. Sorry, it was called Achille- Achillesmon. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I don't know. Something about this one, kind of. It uh, it looks like looks like a bumblebee from Bayformers to me. Maybe it's just the <laughs> art because like the art of the art of Shifamon is very like the traditional Digimon style where you got like really hard like dark shadows on 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 uh, on the on the like art the drawing. I don't know. Um, it always it always feels like I'm talking down about something when I call it a drawing battle. <laughs> that's just, that's always a weird <laughs> one to use. Anyway, um, the other one looks like it's drawn by different artists than usual, um, or at least or at least a different artist that isn't mimicking the typical Digimon style. So yeah, it looks very. I don't know. It looks like something from like Hades, to be honest. That's the, that's the kind of vibe it gives off. Like this is like feces, but like in the. Uh, 2002 or something like it's yeah it's got very it's, it's a lot more dynamic on. i think like shivamon is like just like a very simple like literally like a reference art well this is like a dynamic yeah. pose like it looks like it's ready to attack so like i sort of get that and it feels kind of like yeah like why wouldn't you just have him like standing but then he'd probably look even more like a dorcas so <laughs> shivamon so like for the for all the folks at home um shivamon is like it's it's very much like the the you know the the I believe it's I can't remember what religion it is. Is, is. is it Hindi or is it is it Sikh? I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Hindu. Yeah. 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 So it's it's the, it's the the god of Shiva. Um, with but like filtered through the lens of like whoever designed. Uh, it's filtered through the lens of like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's like got that kind of like look to look to like the uh, mm. the figure and so on. But it's like sat on like a robotic uh, lotus flower. Really cool. Um, and then the other one is like. It's just a buff dude with like grey skin and he's wearing like uh like He's got he's got heelies. Spartan. <laughs> yes, but he's also got these like shields hovering around his heels, which is a really fun like detail, I suppose, but it also looks really odd. Um and the, Yeah, he's like, he's big, he's like, like he's skidding around the food court in his heelies at the mall, like while his mom think, is ordering I food. I don't think they work like that though. I think they're just like they just hover so like no one can attack his heels, which are his weak point. They're like shields. They're not wheels. Right? Okay, there you go. I didn't think about that. I just thought like they look like kind of like dorky heelys, but that's better. <laughs> they kind of do. But like I also if you if you do notice, he he's not wearing heelys, but he is wearing football boots. Like that's like looks like what the kind of shoes he's got on are like Yeah, like he's got like cleats on, yeah. Yeah, sorry, soccer. Soccer boots. Yeah, he's got like cleats, yeah. So it's it's a very strange um I I think the no, most distracting part works. of the design to me. The most distracting part of the design to me is the big purple crest he has in his helmet. Like yeah, it's that, comically that, oversized. That's a bit much. Like it's it's almost like they looked yeah. at the design and were like, should we make the like wings coming out of the she- the heel shields? 
the Hewitts. Um, should we make them smaller? And and then they were like, no, let's just give him like another feature on his head that like kind of makes it so like the design peaks in the middle, even more tiny, what's rather the... than like. Yeah, it's it's very it's very. Awful. What's the what's the Kirby enemy that gives you cutter? That's what he looks like. <laughs> I don't yeah, know Kirby, Kirby, Kirby enemy names are so hard to remember. See, but Sir, Sir uh, Kibble. Sir Kibble, that's it. Yeah, he looks yeah, like a buff Sir yeah. Kibble. See, that's why I can't remember him because that name makes no sense. <laughs> like, that, it's not like a dog or whatever. Anyway, I, guess I mean, like he's you don't slice know. You into kibble? There could be know. a dog in there. We could be on. We could be on that all day. So, um, those are cool. Yeah, they are. They are the new designs. Uh, they they do quite slap. I, I I rather I rather like Shivamon. I'm not sure. Not sure what Achillesmon entirely, but it's better than some of the other recent designs they've come out with. So I'm, I'll I'll it take is. that as a small victory. I like that new Digimon is still being made, and I like that it's not like on the sort of Pokemon schedule where you just get like a dump of them all at once. Like you, inst- and also there's clearly forced out. They just clearly make new Digimon whenever they feel like they should. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's cool, and uh, yeah, I hopefully we'll see them in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they'll be in the next uh, the next game or whatever. Yeah, or you know, next week on Digimon Adventure 2020, we'll just see a random <laughs> evolution of them from something else. So that, that's true know. as well. That show seems like it could do that on the the, the way it's been going. So, but yeah. Pay respects to our to our Lord and Savior Gabumon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll get to that one. He's, he 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 died for our sins. <laughs> for this he's podcast sins specifically, because there are a lot yeah. of them. <laughs> a lot of yeah. sins. He, he's in a gear for our sins. So thank you for that, Gabumon. So to to move on to the the final piece of news for the day. Uh, apparently, they had this big vote in Japan to determine uh, ten uh, Digimon that would get brand new cards uh, in the the new TCG that just came out in uh, North America, uh, and I guess the rest of the world. Uh, and English, I guess, is the proper way of saying that. Um, so, do you, do any of you want to take a guess as to who the number one most voted was for well, for I'm new assuming... cards? Yeah, like... for, for a brand new card with brand new art. They've shown off what the new art will look like for these these ten. But I want you to guess so, what the number one is. Can this be a Digimon that already has a card? Because I don't know who it, already has It can has be, cards. yeah. This this is just like a new card with like gorgeous art. Like the art on all of these that I'm looking at right now is just phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to say Wargreymon. I'm, I'm going to say Gallantmon. Uh, the a- actual answer is our eternal boy, the one, the only, Terriermon. Yeah, okay. That's I thought, I thought, well worth I thought it. you were going to say Frigimon. I was so... I was, I was getting hyped up. I thought you were going to say Frigimon. But, okay. <laughs> And just to, as good. To move through, I'll just move through the others uh, just really quickly. Number two also surprised me. You know what number two is? Frigimon. <laughs> no, it's 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 Upamon. That's weird. Oh, that's kind of cool. Are there that many uh, like Cody stands out there in Japan? Show yourselves, cowards. <laughs> Maybe the poll got like fifteen votes total. <laughs> like, the, Cody's, <laughs> the, Co- the Cody squad just showed up. There, there are half a dozen of us. Maybe it's like that online Pokemon poll that they held to determine the Japan's favorite Pokemon, and Buzzswole came like the top three because someone vote stuffed it with like fifteen thousand fake accounts. Uh, actually, well, Buzzswole deserves it because Buzzswole whips, and I will not be it, taking any questions at this it time. Absolutely, it absolutely but, does. But like, you can totally tell that the, the like this is the only time I've ever been like I've, I I ever been like happy that a poll's been manipulated because the, the top ten was actually <laughs> interesting. Like, there was no Charizard, there's no Mewtwo, there's no yeah. Pikachu. It's just Pikachu like was really... like seven for eleven or something, right? Like, yeah, I think um, it was number eleven. It was like right outside the top ten. Um, which you can tell it's like that means that Pikachu would have absolutely just completely landslide, wouldn't it? Because 
even with the vote just being completely like scammed or whatever, Pikachu still managed to get to get that high. <laughs> like, so, exactly, you know, yeah. Yeah, the numbers showed up. But uh, number one was Dedenne, which is kind of fun. Um, and uh, that's number that's two a was, weird like, choice to me. Yeah, uh, Sableye was number two, I believe. <laughs> so, like, yeah. God bless the one the one dedicated Sableye fan out there. <laughs> He's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so I'll just I'll just rattle off the rest of these top ten so we can get to the actual episode. So number three was Ho-Oman slash Phoenixmon, so that's um, Beomon's Mega. Um, number four is Vmon. Number five is Anjoomon. Number six is Millenniummon from the uh, the games with some extremely cool art that also has Omnimon in it. Ooh. Or not not Omnimon, sorry, just Jeezmon. I got my capes confused. Jeezmon, um, come on. Yeah, it's literally Jesus. It's literally Jesus Christ as a Digimon. Anyway, number six <laughs> is uh, Mega Gargomon. Then there's oh yeah, uh, God, what was this thing called? Aldamon. That was it, or Ardamon. It's the um, the ultimate form of uh, Agnimon from Frontier. Yeah, Aldamon. Oh yeah. right, okay. Uh, and then there's Devimon. And then there's uh, two different variations of Chaosmon. There's regular Chaosmon, and there's Chaosmon Valderarm, which is the one where it has uh, Valdermon as a head. That's a, I like Chaosmon Valderarm. That one's really cool. So I'll just I'll just post our uh, like the, the 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 cart art in in the Discord because it, it is so gorgeous and it needs to be appreciated. I think. Yeah, the card art for the new card game is like really amazing, and like, like look at look at all enough- of these. Like, I would want any of these as a poster. Yeah. Oh, okay, totally. So, oh, yeah. These are these are nice. Yeah. There's there's some good uh, some good art. Going oh, that on Millennium Mon art is really good. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, I never realized how big it was until I saw oh, this I'll art just now. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, Millennium Mon is is big boy. Yeah, like I don't know if they, there's one artist who does all of these or if they get a bunch of different ones, but like they, it, it hits every single time. Yeah, like all of these are really good. I. Honestly, like, it's a good thing that, like, I'm not into, like, collecting stuff. Like, especially, like, right now, really. I mean, like, I do collect stuff, but, like, not into, like, TCG stuff. Especially right now, like, when I don't have a lot of space. Because, like, I would get a lot of these just for the art, honestly. So, can I ask a question? These are cool. Go for it. But, like, cards. Yeah, sure, whatever. Can I get a non-fungible token of any of these Digimon cards? Oh my god! I I every time I think about that, I get mad. Like that's like, like that's like the only kind of comparison I can think of is in in Fallout Three when the game's like, "Hey, do you want to nuke this town?" There's almost no benefit to you, but you can make people suffer, and so people do it anyway. That's that's what these stupid no, it's like, like. It's like you what mean if, me as an what edgy if, teenager. What if uh, what if you nuke this town, but I will give you like this JPEG of a Vault Boy doing a. <laughs> breakdance or something and and so it's like, <laughs> yeah. just, you can just you can just have it like you can just copy it but if i give you this and then a special badge saying you're a special little boy then you know then you can nuke the town and then, then, yeah, then that's official hundreds of people will slap in that big red button so um, Tom, yeah. it's just... i'm not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's just so it. frustrating it's like the <laughs> we, shouldn't like blockchain... we, shouldn't, we shouldn't get into it it's it's, it's a it's a bad. It's a well of despair. Yeah, okay. I'll just I'll just cut my rant short and say, um, if you do block blockchain or, or cryptocurrency stuff, you're actively killing the planet. <laughs> and you, you give the Diginova cast like... all of your bitcoins, but like in actual like yeah. USD or like currency we can use because your cryptocurrency is weird. 
Yeah, if you if you collect if you collect crypto and listen to this podcast, then you you're contractually obligated to send us each five thousand dollars right now. <laughs> right now, <laughs> yes, right cool. now, or whatever. Right now, worth right now. Yeah. yeah, which could be anything between like two pence and a million billion dollars. So, anyway, shall we anyway, review let's... some episodes? Yeah, let's go into the show we came here to talk. It's been almost half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, episode so. Episode 40, are y'all good if I start on that? Uh, I, yes. I can think of no one better to start than you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We all know why. We will all learn why, I should say. So episode 40, Digimon World Tour, part one. In the last episode, as we saw, we got Imperial Dramon Dragon Mode, and they decided that in order to, or not decide, they had to be like, in order to save the planet, we have to go all around and, you know, get all the Digimon back in the digital world, destroy all the control spires. So the beginning of this is sort of dropping off everyone to pairs at different major areas. So you have Ty and TK in Paris, Joe and Cody in Australia, Sora and Yoli are in Russia, Izzy and Kari go to Hong Kong, and then the group of Davis, Ken, and Matt go stop in Miami. Ken and Matt go to Mexico in a helicopter, and Davis and Michael, who is still a dollar store, uh, great value Willis or Wallace. Whatever you're, whatever you, whatever you're into, go take the ride up to New York to meet with Mimi. So basically, this sort of starts off with a lot of the Digimon that have been let loose into the world in North America. So like you have like Canada, you have like all throughout the U.S. are sort of converging on New York to be sent back. And so what happens is because of the the panic of all the monsters, Mimi's family, like everyone else, is trying to escape New York City. They're sort of panicking. We get some stuff with that about how they had left Japan and Odaiba because of what happened three years ago. But they turn around. Mimi's gone. She's hoofed it. She and Palmon meet up with Davis and Michael and with one of the Jedi clones, Benjamin, to sort of get everyone together and to, to get the Digimon back. So they meet up with a bunch of American Digidestined and all the Digimon who have been rounded up. But there is a Cherrymon who starts attacking the Rockefeller Christmas tree. And so there's a, a small a small battle. Davis, Mimi, and Michael come to help. XVmon sort of like kicks him onto the ice like very hard and painfully. I'm surprised it's not dead. And they all uh, kick Cherrymon's butt to stop it. We get some backup from some of the other American Digidestin and their Digimon to to help our crew out because Cherrymon, for whatever reason, ends up beating them for a bit. And so. Uh, Davis helps open the Digiport to get the Digimon back. Everything is sort of settled. And then we move on to Hong Kong, where Emojiamon is sort of, you know, causing havoc. And an old man goes to fight it. But then three young boys, the Poi brothers, have their Shakomons, Digivolve into Octomons, to try and defeat Mojimon. But Izzy and Kari stop them from, like, outright destroying Mojimon. And then they meet up with another Jedi clone, Jackie to bring all the Digimon in Hong Kong to Kowloon Park, I believe, or Kulong Park. I can't remember what it was. Uh, uh, according to Cyberstool, it's Kulong Park. Okay. I, I can't, this, who knows? Subtitles on uh, Hulu may have been off. The wiki might be wrong. Could be Kowloon, could be Kulong. I'm not sure. I think, I think the official pronunciation is Kowloon, but like okay. it's ro- romanized as Kulong in Cyberstool for some reason, and I'll never forget that. I won't ever stop bringing that up. Okay. That's good to know. So uh, they start bringing Digimon scattered around Asia to uh, Hong Kong. 
but at the border of China and India, there is a Indian digidestin, Mina, and her partner, Maramon, who are trying to bring the Digimon from India to China. But because she doesn't want to start a war, she emails Izzy for help. And then Izzy, Kari, and the oldest boy brother go to help. The Octomon ends up riding an ink on, like, the mountain, on the, like, mountainside. And they communicate with the Chinese army of the Chinese army doing, like, a maneuver to move themselves to spell out, like, something in, uh, I'm not sure what language, Mandarin, probably. I don't know. I am not that smart. My apologies. Uh, but they end up getting passed without any, without any wars being started, no international incidents. And they bring the Digimon to the park and send them all back. And it just sort of ends with, like, a haha funny of all the Poi brothers are Nakari because Kari, everyone loves Kari, as we all know. And as our little cliffhanger for this episode, there is a young boy sitting on a swing alone, and Mummy Mon sits down next to him, and the kid's like, oh, are you alone too? And Mummy Mon is just a big old creepy adult. And that's where we end off. What a sinister ending for what is otherwise such a, like, light-hearted romp of an episode. <laughs> well, yeah. not in the part where, like, multiple wars are almost started throughout Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also yeah. There's that part, but uh, besides that, yeah, that that ending really had me like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, Mummy Mom. Yeah, I already... forgot all about that ending, and like, I know what it's leading to, but I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. I, see, the the fun part is I can't remember where it's leading, so I'm just like watching this. And I'm like, wait, why do they want these kids and something? And I'm like, I'm putting together like theories in my head which I know aren't correct and slightest, but like, I'm thinking like, wait, do they like try to put together like? you know, dark, did you destined or something? Like, I, I genuinely don't remember. So I'm looking forward well, to Well, get ready, because that's coming up very soon. Remind, remind yeah, stra- strap in. Strap yeah, we've, in. We've not, we've not got much uh, much left of this series, so yeah, I'm expecting answers to any questions I have right now to either come soon or not come at all. So we'll, we'll see. Can I just say, to start off, I think this is like maybe like one of my favorite bits of like, non-CD drama relate drama CD related Mimi lore and that's not actually <laughs> one of my favorite bits but I think it's very like interesting how Mimi's family just straight up moved because of the whole Digimon incident like her dad like just straight up found a job in America because they didn't want to risk like any of that danger again which means they yeah. clearly recognized it which means like where did Mimi go like what did Mimi say she was going when she went to the digital world multiple times like what is <laughs> We have a bit of a, a card-hugging yeah, moment as well, where, where they're like, oh, you know, first the, 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 the uh, heightened terrorist terrorist attack, and now this, and it's like, mm. I don't know. I don't think Mimi... Yeah. I, I can't imagine the conversation that Mimi has with her parents about this, and I think, like, a combination of both, like, her personality and her parents' personalities, I'm not sure there's any way to like, have that conversation go off smoothly. <laughs> it, it, they aren't easy, you know, they aren't the... the Kazumi family. They yeah, are, I mean, um, like, like Mimi, like, is like, a, like, sort of like a spoiled child, but like in a like an in a like like, like cruel way, like a mean way thing. So like, I imagine like sure. she probably like cried yeah. a lot to try and get out of it, but they were like, no, like there was She's a giant a... five thousand foot vampire attacking Japan, honey. We can't yeah. stay here anymore. And she's like, but Daddy Joe, and he's like, don't. <laughs> and then, then a new fan. Lots of shows in America, me. Mimi. <laughs> Mimi is just <laughs> the um, the main character from Clueless. Like she's like you know, she is spot rotten. She's but she's generally got a good, uh, good, good 
but without the brother kissing. But but also, but also, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna excise that part. But yeah, sure. Um, but she can't, like, she can't really go to her parents or or parent, I guess, in the case of Clueless, uh, with anything because you know, he, they're not really useful in that in that sense. But if a giant monster showed up in the middle of Clueless and started like, you know, beating down another giant monster, I'm pretty sure they would move away. <laughs> that would be the answer to their problems. Is we're just gonna move and. We'll try and run yeah. away from this problem. Anyway, that's... You know what? It makes perfect sense. I cannot blame them at all. And I just think it's funny how they're like, oh god, do we have to move again? And I just think <laughs> it's very funny. Of them just like constantly like moving around the world every time a new <laughs> Digimon like attack happens. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I find that funny. I also find it funny that they went to like New York when like, you know, that's... There's a lot that goes on in New York. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, if you're trying to get away to like a safer place then it's one thing to move country but you should probably pick somewhere a bit more low profile than new york city perhaps um but yeah yeah uh, no matter it was very unrealistic in new york though sorry i just want to say it's very unrealistic new york though because mimi's dad is just flooring it through like empty new york streets and on christmas (laughs) eve like come on that is never gonna happen yeah she looks like she looks like i am legend i was was, was gonna mention that later um that they managed to land a plane in downtown new york city i was like no (laughs) way yeah i I don't care how many monsters are invading there is going to be like tons of people in new york just chilling as we've talked about in our hurricane touchdown episode new yorkers just do not care yeah, I, I was I was about to say like it's funny you mentioned the drama CDs because like there's a lot of hints in this episode that like it was made before certain things happened in New York City, uh, very <laughs> very not long after this episode came out. So uh, yeah, it feels like landing a plane in the middle of New York City. Um, I swear there's like at least one shot in there with the twin towers in the background. Like there's there's there there has to be like there's too many buildings that just look like complete like like square obelisks as opposed to like. <laughs> You know, there's more there's more definition on on, on other buildings. Um, the the, the throwing towers really stood out. So like, I feel like I definitely saw a couple of shots where I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what that is, but it might have been edited. So I'm not sure. I anyway. am. I honestly, I wouldn't know. I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention. My attention was solely on Mimi. So I was kind of looking. I was kind of looking for it because I'm like, hang on, I wonder. Um, but no, I don't think so. Um. But yeah, I mean, it can't be helped anyway if that's if that's how it happened. But it's just funny that this takes place in 2002 and the episode was made in like 2000, so and aired in like 2001. Early, early 2001, so, yeah, yeah, so January so, 14, so 2001. So there's a lot of potential for that to age terribly, like almost immediately. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I think they more or less got away with it. Besides that plane scene, which is like, whoa! Even today, it's like Jesus, like no. <laughs> It's like no, it's okay. It's happen. okay. He's a famous actor. He can land a plane where he wants. <laughs> America like has no rules. It, that it's actor, Sully, that, whatever. That actor is so funny in the in the the sub because he just randomly says like English phrases, and I don't mean like oh, in that. response to things. Like he'll Piers will be talking, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he'll just flash a thumbs up and go, "Hey guys, <laughs> that's so good." It's uh, it's like they had a few stock <laughs> English phrases, like "All right" and. Cool, and they just had him say it randomly. Like he's like, was he just like doing like like? Yeah, I was gonna say, was he just doing Terry Bogard stuff? It's if Terry (laughs) Bogard was even more incoherent, basically. (laughs) I was, I was thinking of um. Oh, you should look up uh, the Sonic X like dub uh, sub one day because like that is just full of Sonic, like Sonic's voice actor or voice actress. I'm not sure which. Whatever. Um, 
Sonic's voice like just just randomly inserted with all sorts of like English phrases, but like, oh my god, like the the absolute worst pronunciation you've ever heard from like um, a Japanese person speaking English. Like I suppose it's it's just really bad, um, in like a kind of a you know like a funny way. Um, it's it's completely unnecessary. It sounds exactly like what you've just described. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the Sonic X Sonic X in Japanese quite quite funny. Um, was it? Is it actually his dad though? Like, it, it is. Yeah. yeah. I kind of just got the sense that, like, yeah, that, that's his dad. Was changed. Okay, right. Yeah, even even I still find it so strange his, that like he's dad. not just Willis. Yeah, he's I feel, like I, I said, he's, like he's great be. value, Willis, and I don't like him. And I mean, he stinks, and he's very boring. And who cares about <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's Michael? Yeah, he showed up already, which yeah, I haven't forgotten that detail. But like, I don't know. Like, I guess he has that connection already with like Mimi. Whereas Mimi doesn't really... Does she show up at all? Oh yeah, she gets like zapped into the dark dimension in, in the beginning of uh, Hurricane Touchdown, right? So, um, yeah. But she doesn't really show up and or, like, interact with Willis or anything. So, or what? Generally. No, um, she, I don't Willis. think she even knows who he is, so... Yeah, but even so, that would have been... No, actually, there is a... she does know who she is because he is because of a drama CD. Got him. It all comes back to drama Ooh. CDs. Well, I was thinking there's also a shot in this episode where they're like... I'm not sure if it's this episode or like one of the later ones, but they're like cleaning up America basically, and there's like a shot which looks like it's on one of the same roads they were like hiking down and hitchhiking down. Okay. In uh, in our in I keep wanting to say our war game. Um, Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Touchdown. So that seemed like it was maybe a bit of a callback, but I don't know. It's probably might be a stretch. I'm not sure. So while we're while we're on the subject of sub dub differences, um, I found it quite hilarious. The, the difference between uh, Mimi's letter to her parents in both versions. Ooh, I like the lore, tell me. So, in the English, it's like a bit jokey, but it's like, uh, Dear Mom and Dad, running away from monsters with you is tons of fun, but I have to do something very important. I'll catch up with you later. Love, Mimi. And then in the sub, it's just, I forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Honestly, both of those incredibly in character. Those are, <laughs> those are incredibly in character. It's just like, it made me laugh out loud, just like how brief and frank it is. It's like, oh yeah, for us. <laughs> and you just straight up just out the car. it out of the car. It's so good. That's so good. I love that. 100% stealth as well. They didn't notice whatsoever. What is, uh, you know, <laughs> they just never, never ever look into the, into the mirror. Into like, you know, into the... Yeah, how do you not hear the sound of your daughter and her plant monster friend leaving the car? It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty goofy, yeah. Um, but the one the one thing I was a little bit disappointed in this episode is we know based on the movie that um Fox or Saban or whoever has the light the rights to the Rockefeller skank, but they didn't use it during the scene of the Rockefeller Center. They should have used it, is what I'm saying. Is that how that That's works? True. I don't think they just have like blanket rights. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish they did. I choose to yes. believe that's how it works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice, but it also would have set a precedent that could possibly help to match in the future in terms of like, music <laughs> licensing for the show. Um, yeah, you're right. I love, I love, that's a great song. Is it? It is. The Funk Soul Brother. Have you listened to like, the, the full version? Because that's yes. not a great song. Okay. I just like the chorus. <laughs> you know, the part which... I mean, okay, that's knows. valid. I, I don't think yeah. anyone knows the rest of it. See, as long as you say that, then it's fine. Well, what's the full version like? It's like it like go like descends into like really cacophonous madness. I don't like it. 
<laughs> I've listened to it a few times, and it's like just it's kind of painful. Oh, you just don't have the 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 required sound palette to appreciate harsh noise music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Um, oh, oh, we need to mention something because uh, we've kind of already broken up, uh, brought up like broken English already. Um, cool sign when they like land in Miami or wherever it is, and. Yeah, it is Miami, right? Except that they spell it's like a sign in the background. You just suppose it Miami, but they put like an extra A between the M and yeah. the first M yeah. and the I. So it, says, it looks like it just says like May Miami, I guess. Miami. Yeah. Miami. <laughs> how do you how do you make that mistake? I don't know. And then uh, <laughs> above that it says warning: swim within two yards of lifeguard. And I think it's supposed to be one hundred, but they actually wrote a T instead of a one. <laughs> I, I just reposted it for us and <laughs> never it's leave really never good. Leave side. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, Can this. we also speaking of like funny like uh mistakes on stuff, the the poster, the names of the post the on the poster for uh Michael's dads and just how they're like yes. those like really like poorly machine translated like NES yep. baseball names. I took a picture <laughs> of that because I was like I wanted to bring it back, so I'm really glad you brought it up because I had just forgotten. Um, do you want to do? You, do, you, do you have yeah. the names? Do you want to say what they I, I, are? Because I'm, they're I'm very read, good. I, I, I'm going to read them out now. So, I've got uh, Michael or Michelle, I guess, like Michael without the A. Michelle. Uh, Michelle J. Barton. Yeah. Uh, Jody Forrest. I wonder who that's supposed to be. Uh, Jody Foster. Alan Ford, as in Alan, as in Woody Allen. I guess that's the way it's spelled. I don't really no. want to bring up his name, but they can't. We can't read him up. <laughs> Okay, um, Nicholas Dealey, which is Nicholas, but they, you know, they did the L laughing. Um, Alec Williams, John Lenz, <laughs> which I don't know who that's supposed to be. Um, John, John, John Leguizamo uh, or John Lovitz? I, th- I want to believe it's John Lovitz. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I, I want to, but like, that would just I be would such love. a weird movie. John Lovitz is a freaking badass. He freaking smashed any dick's face into a bar for, for making fun of his wife. Oh, oh awesome. wow. We really also, do have to stand then. Yeah, he, he's pretty cool. Um, and then Richard North is the last one. Which, that's a, um, that's so a really you, boring name. Do you all know what the, the movie's title is, though, since it's, it's not translated? Oh, um, oh no, I didn't. I, t- I just took a picture of the... I have the it thing, on the yeah. wiki page, but please let us know for the listeners It's called home. Shoot the Darkness, colon, Hell's Target. That's such a good... I would watch that movie. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Shoot, shoot the Darkness what? Colon, Hell's Target. Oh, I thought I it kind of cut out for a second, and I I, I was hoping to God that you'd said uh, assholes target because <laughs> would have grabbed me up so much. Um, okay, um, well we've got an episode title. There you go. Um, there we go. The um, oh my God. Okay, so I think right, let's break these down. Who do you think these all are? Michael, so we kinda... Michael J. It's Michael J. Fox. Michael yeah, J. So no, is the. Michael J it's, is Michael J. Fox. So where's Barton yeah. from? I actually looked this up. His his full the, the Michael's dad's full name is Michael J. Barton, which means that Michael's mm. name is Michael J. Barton Jr. <laughs> I hate that. What a what an <laughs> egotistical <laughs> man. So <laughs> Jody, <laughs> Jody Forrest is Jody Foster. Like we can all agree on obviously, that, right? Obviously, yeah, incredibly obvious. Yeah, uh, Alan Ford. Um, I think the Alan part is a is, is a reference to Woody Allen. Sorry, or maybe Alan Arkin. I want to I want to be I want to be charitable. Uh, is that spelled? Maybe it's like maybe it's like is a Harrison Ford way, thing because you got Ford and Ford. Yeah, Ford's probably Harrison Ford. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of someone. Uh, Nick Nicholas will will ignore the spelling mistake here. Um, Nicholas Dealey. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. The only Delia I can think of is Kat Dealey, who's like a TV host. <laughs> she, she, she used to host maybe the show Nick, where like, like Nick Pokemon Cage. on over yeah, here. Yeah, maybe it's Nick Cage. Yeah, there's Nick, Nicholas Cage. Um, I don't know. I was, I was trying to think of other Nicholas's, and I realised the other one, the only other one I can think of is the dude who directed Drive. So, <laughs> never mind, <laughs> not him. Um, Alec Will. Oh, it's not Williams. Sorry, it's Alec Willems. So again, probably just a typo. But um, Alec, Alec Baldwin or Alec McGuinness. Yeah, Alec, Alec Baldwin is like the the one I can think of, just because. I don't know. Yeah, how many Alex Alec are out there? Yeah, Alec, Alec Guinness was over one in the like original Star Wars films. Um and okay. also did a whole load, oh, that's whole right. load of other stuff he'd probably be remembered for. Um He hated being in that, eh? <laughs> like, yeah, he kinda he kind of yeah, he wrote there's like some good letters from him just being like this shit's dumb, but I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, know. like he so he, he <laughs> this kid approached him once and asked him to sign his copy of Star Wars and said that he'd he'd seen it a hundred times. Alec Guinness said to his face that he would only sign it if he burned it and promised never to watch it again. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? Hell that's, yeah! That's like, that's real Chad like behavior. I mean, he he thinks he was like owning that kid, but he just gave that kid like a story that's like way better. Oh well, obviously the fact that we know yeah. about it, like yeah, yeah, he kind of yeah, he seemed like a bit of old fart. Um, oh yeah, I mean like he's, yeah, also, he he was. He was very pretentious. He thought he was like you know better than than doing blockbusters. Awesome Wells, his last role was uh, Transformers the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was Unicron. Uh, Uni- Unicron. Um, he had a he had a much he he also kind of thought this was dumb, but like I'm pretty sure he did like I definitely read something like a quote from him about that where it was like he was far more appreciative of the fact that like it was just a job or whatever. He wasn't like trying to you know be a prick about it. <laughs> so there you go. Orson Welles, uh, greater than Alec, Alec, Alec Guinness. Um, Richard North, who do you think this is? Uh, I don't even know. Hey, like yeah, Richard Branson or something? Nolan North. Richard, Richard <laughs> Kind? Just because I think that'd be a very yes! funny person to add to the cast. Absolutely, 100%. Um, also, I'm just imagining cast- this list of, imagine this <laughs> list of actors for a movie. Michael J. Fox, Jodie Foster. Harrison Ford, Nick Cage, Alec Baldwin, John yeah. Lovitz, Richard Kind. For like a late 90s, early 2000s movie, that would be an amazing cast. And it'd probably be yeah. like yeah. bizarre and miserable. It sounds like the cast of like a Tarantino <laughs> film or whatever. <laughs> it's just like the like random mix of all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that was fun. That was a fun like... You know, thing where I was like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh shit, I need to, I need to get a picture of this. Um, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, the actual fight itself, I thought, was very sort of like, okay, Cherrymon being weirdly OP, but you know, yeah. How come Cherrymon kicked like everyone's butt until like three champions <laughs> came in and were like, Mom said it's my turn to get the spotlight? Because he's he's got the, Bra- the Marlon Brando powers. Was it was yeah, it also so, uh, the same voice as the uh, oh uh, yeah. adventure Cherrymon? He he doesn't say a single word, so I don't even know. Okay, he does an attack. He do, he, I feel like he definitely does like an attack name, but I just thought it sounded very indistinct, generic, and yeah, and, yeah. It, it, it definitely wasn't Martin Brando. Also, I think these are like some of these are voiced differently. It's not in this episode, but there is one later on where like you hear. Oh, I think it's the Kiwi one, the one with Kiwimon, where like Kiwimon has an has an attack. But it's not the voice. It's yeah. The, it's like it's a, a, it's a girl's like Kiwimon female voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and and Frigimon does not have uh, the same uh, good vo- uh, Jersey boy voice. 
I couldn't tell. Yeah, that was that was like just just doing sub zero ice punch. So I just thought that's probably the second. We, can can okay. we also mention that we we got an authentic New York? Forget about it. At one point, in this yeah, episode. that was really good. Just two cups are so about the types of donuts they prefer. Like that's really that was a very funny thing. It's so shoehorned in, like ridiculously so. It was. It also made me laugh so hard when they talked about how um, Cherrymon's destroying the Rockefeller Christmas tree, and then Davis says, "Is nothing sacred?" And it's like Davis, you don't even know where the Rockefeller Center is. Like, <laughs> yeah, they make that joke like a sacred. second later. <laughs> stop being, <laughs> stop being so performatively American. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, but a, if he's anyone a... were, it would be Davis. Like, we can all agree on that, right? Oh God, is he a freeaboo? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. That's a thing. Davis is written very, uh, very early Davis in this episode, I find, which is fine for this one because it's a throwaway. It's like, guess for reference, the structure of these episodes is like, we're not so much looking at, um, we're not looking at three uh, 20 minute episodes like we normally are. We're looking at six, 10, 10 minute episodes. That's, that's, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, and they're all this occurring is like, simultaneously in a timeline. Sure. I'm not sure why the, well, no, I was going to say, I'm not sure why they needed to rush around and, Spread the numbers so thin and whatever, but I guess there probably was some time pressure. Um, yeah, the yeah the the whole thing is is fun I find in New York, but but yeah, it's a bit a bit uh a bit silly in spots. <laughs> um, I guess we could move on to like the Hong Kong part, which I thought was kind of wild. Uh, la- um, last thing I want to say about the New York part, uh, Tom, do you remember? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the American Digidestin Phil, who spoke a bunch. He had the Fleurism on. Was he voiced by Phil Lamar by any chance? No. He is actually... Okay, that sure. is just straight up a character... Voice and all. That is just... Well, the not voice. Just the voice, really. It's just straight up a character that we will hear for 50 episodes in Frontier. That's the exact same voice that the same voice actor uses for a character, one of the main characters of Frontier. Oh, and okay. And the second right. it clicked for me, I, I was like, oh my god, they really just did that. I didn't... It wasn't that... Again, not not that distinct. Uh, I hate to keep using the same word, but like, yeah, it wasn't that distinct uh, for me in the moment. But I guess I'll look forward to that. Maybe, um, yeah. Said no one I about Frontier. Seems, seems yeah, I don't know anything about Frontier I, other than they they are the Digimon. Which again, well, yeah, okay. Let's not get. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not it's um, time to talk about Hong Kong. And yeah. the myriad of international incidents that almost occur. But bef- before we get before we get into full swing, I wanted to highlight one specific line that in my notes I just put like the wincing emoji next to. <laughs> and is it going to be the one that I think it's going to be? Go ahead. So near, near the beginning, Tentomon is talking about it's like, "Wow, Hong Kong's so great. No wonder the Chinese wanted this place back so bad." And I was like, "Yeah, that was rough. Mm. That was very rough." Oh, that aged like milk. That's being very generous to how milk ages. <laughs> it was just oh, like I, I I physically winced at that. It's like oh no, Tentomon. There's also the line towards the end where the military man said, "We're all part of the same army when it comes to saving the world." Said no military service person ever. <laughs> said yeah, no. I, I should say to... said no army general ever. Let's 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 hone <laughs> that in. It's a very generous reading of the military, but I find it funny that like they they are. Oh my god! This is yeah. This is the scene where like you have just Andrew Andrew Oman, who's just like uh, leave the Chinese military to us, and it's just like <laughs> it's the funniest. The... I, I re like I re went over that line last night, 
Mega and Antipomon saying Mega Kabuterimon and I will hold off the Chinese army is probably the funniest line in all of Digimon. That's in that's all of just anything. That, honestly, people go mad over the like, uh, yeah, Knuckles, it's war. That's why it's bad, or whatever that line is from Sonic Forces. <laughs> yes, um, this is that line, but but better. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it really not better, is. But yeah, like fifteen years earlier. So you know, leave leave Jiren to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes well n- no but yes um th- I, I love that line as well um yeah the, the, this was this was wild but i like the i kind of like this the... yeah the late the later half of this is just sort of like me like just winced like squinting and wincing audibly the entire time <laughs> as i'm taking notes yeah yeah i find it funny like this the previous uh podcast episode we spoke about the um uh, there was an episode where Jenna is basically explaining, like, oh, I was flying through cyberspace, shutting down, you know, access, make sure the military don't find out about Digimon or whatever, which is like a very clear, like, because they do some dumb shit with them. Like, it's a very, like, anti military, you know, it's talking down about the military, which thumbs up for me. Um, but this was very much like a sort of, 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 it's kind of like, on one hand, it's like, oh, they were really there to just fire shit because they saw a bunch of monsters. But that's understandable. Like, if the military is good for anything, it's probably, if we were to have giant monsters show up in the real world, probably rely on them to dispatch them <laughs> in an effective manner. Yeah, um, honestly, it's very, then, it's very generous it, to the fact that the military, especially the U.S. Army, as seen in the New York segment, didn't just immediately try and blow away Shogun yeah. Dekomon and Airdramon. Exactly, like it's it's very it's very generous in the fact that like oh the the um they didn't just open fire immediately once uh, the the was it like Octomon or whatever it was called it, yeah like, Octo- Octomon one, one, yeah once that starts like um uh, writing an ink on the wall I'm surprised they didn't just open fire immediately <laughs> as soon as he starts doing that because it's kind of like yeah if you saw if you saw, a, a, if you saw like a yeah. twenty foot octopus with a sword and a gun like <laughs> crawling towards you you would blow that thing away instantly. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's like Ugh, Jesus. Um anyway, it was it was fine. It was whatever. It's like it's a children's show. Uh, probably not the best message to be sending. Yeah. But, but uh, I I don't know. It's not it's not like it's a bad message to be sending because but it's more just like a a painfully naive one, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um yeah, it's uh, it's not right. But 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 other than that, I thought this was like I thought it was funny that they just landed. Uh, yeah, that comment from Tentamon. Um, and then they start like <laughs> the local kids just like ready to just beat the shit out of Mishimon. <laughs> uh, it, it it cracked me up. It, it kind of it it low key bugged me when Izzy introduced himself. And I was like, "Hey, I'm Izzy Izumi." I was like, "That's not your friggin' name." <laughs> no, that's his name now. <laughs> oh, I call well, him Izumi earlier. No, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm in Izumi. Yeah, like if you're if you want to call it like you can be like oh my name is Koshiro Izumi or my name is Izzy, but like I don't know it, it feels weird. It'd be like someone would be like, hey, wait, my name is did, Bob Roberts. Wait, did they ever like <laughs> canonize his name as Koshiro in the dub though? Because I I honestly cannot yes. remember at this point. Episode one. Yeah, the the first episode has it as a nickname for him. Yeah, episode one is like straight up just everyone gets their real names, but also no, all I, the, I, all the okay, localized I, names. Okay, then names. I just don't remember then. That surprised I just me thought too, they just honestly. straight up in- introduced him as Izzy because what like six year old American kid is gonna try and pronounce <laughs> Koshiro? Let's just be real. Episode one where they do that scene where like they introduce everyone by their by their proper names and then the the, the localized names are just nicknames. That surprised me. Like when we, when we were way back on episode one of this podcast, like I, I, when we watched that again, I was just like, huh, 
That's that's neat. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was a neat thing. Also, can I just say um, one of the the part with Izzy, like you're all part of a fraternal society, and Mega Kabuterimon <laughs> be like, Izzy, what did I tell you about being so smart to people? <laughs> I really like like uh, so like, the relationship between Tentamon and Izzy is always fun. Where like Tentamon is like the like you know the 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 normie, I guess, <laughs> when whenever Izzy's going off, um, and. I've, but I've, but we rarely see that side of things when, like, I think specifically when, when like he's in Mega Cabotemon form, that's like so rare to see him like see that dynamic between them when, when, uh, when Tentamon is in that form. So that was really fun. He's to see. very <laughs> deadpan <laughs> Just in really that form fun. because I remember yeah. in last season. <laughs> When uh, Lady Devamon breaks the nail against his shell, he's just like, send me the bill. Like, just like, <laughs> like very like cheeky, but also like kind of a deadpan delivery. It's always fun. So one thing that made the, the subversion of the, this entire like Hong Kong China sequence really difficult to understand was they're really inconsistent with the language barrier in the sub. Because <laughs> okay. in the sub, everyone's talking in Japanese. But they say, oh, we can understand them. They're talking Chinese. And I understand Chinese. But, like, they're still talking Japanese. Like, they're, they're, it's not like they're, you know, yeah. audibly speaking Mandarin or, or even Cantonese. I guess Cantonese would be more appropriate since it's Hong Kong. Um, and then when Jackie shows up, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention Benjamin and Jackie, the, the Jedi clones in these episodes. Um, I think, yeah, I think I think we could talk about them next episode. Uh, as, yeah. As yeah. Mind, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but when, when, when Jackie shows up, they, there's, the language barrier basically disappears. Like they don't have any trouble understanding each other anymore. And I'm like, was that intentional? Like, is it saying that he's like a walking translation field, or no, did they just forget? <laughs> it totally is. Like the 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 last episode of this of this free batch arc is, is the one set in Russia, and we'll get to that. But like that that that's where the language barrier is a plot point to the to the effect that like the dog can't ignore it, and they approach it differently, I suppose, from what how they do here. But yeah, then they have just the, funny the gag with. They have the gag with the Russian guy showing up, the Russian uh, version of Jedi showing up. Yeah. And he's like, meant to be the interpreter. So, like, yes, he's interpreting. Yeah, because almost every episode in the sub has a language barrier involved. Um, and only one of them does huh. in, the, in the dub, which I found kind of interesting. I yeah, love that they just that. Ignore was the that. weird thing. Yeah. I think it makes sense in, Japan, in the Japanese version to do that because, like, it's, it's you know, even if you speak the language, I'm sure you recognize in, as as a Japanese speaker, as a native Japanese speaker, you probably recognize that language is not very universal. Um, whereas English, like, I know this is very presumptuous and so on and built off the back of a lot of bad shit, but <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is that, yes, English is a common spread language. So it is a widespread language. So I guess in the English version, it probably just, it, it seems one way more natural to just assume people know assume people are speaking all speaking English and so on. Like, I'm glad that they do have one episode where there's a language barrier and it's an actual problem, because that just feels like it's not just being completely inconsiderate to the fact that there's you know language barriers. But yeah, uh, and it's fun. But but you know, it's uh, I think it kind of works better in the dub the approach they took to like confine that mostly to just the one episode. Um, and I also understand the decision to leave that on the sub side, but it does sound kind of repetitive, I suppose. For you know, three episodes slash six mini episodes. So, yeah, I mean, if you're doing that, eventually you're just gonna keep running into, oh no, we can't understand each other. What are we gonna <laughs> yes. do? And like having a big old spiel about it. So, 
I'm kind of like, on one hand, I'm like, I kind of wish it was more than just the Russia group. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, now thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's super understandable. I also think Japanese and Russian are like very different, <laughs> very different, like very distant as far as languages go, I feel like. Um, it's kind of, well, I, I guess like, well, I guess Japanese is pretty far from most other languages besides like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a, I'm not a linguist. I'm not going to go into this. Um, do we have any more to say about this one or should we move on to the next episode? No, I'm, I'm good uh, to, to move on. Just one thing. I just really appreciate the fact that at this point, Kari knows what she's about and she's just manipulate, like wrapping every boy around her finger she can to help save the world. <laughs> it's very get, funny to me. She's not like objecting to it. I didn't get a sense that she was like, you know, <laughs> using it as it were. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's uh, everyone. <laughs> she, she's yeah, not, she's not like taking advantage of it maliciously, but she's like, no, haha, no. I'm, I'm Kari and I'm cute. Don't you want to save the world with me? And all the guys are like, yeah, yes. let's, let's save the world. Hell yeah, yeah, Curry. Go you you gas gaslight gatekeeper girl boss right right to the top. <laughs> girl boss. Oh no, she's all three of them. <laughs> um, okay, now okay. I'm done. Episode Episode forty two. No, forty one. Sorry. Forty one. Forty one. Forty one. Digimon World Tour Part Two. So this one sees the uh, action move to um Australia. Sorry, I had to think about that one. Uh, it moves to Australia and France. So we start off in Australia with um, ooh, it's Joe and Cody. Correct? Yeah, Joe and Cody. Thank God for you. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Joe and Cody are in Australia. A lot, a lot happens immediately here. So they are like in Australia. They're destroying the control spires. They're using the old pull it down method of destroying one control spy for some reason and you know they do that and then suddenly out of nowhere Santa Claus shows up uh okay um and Santa Claus is here except it's not actually Santa Claus it is Hogan who is the Australian version of old Jedi and again like I say I think this is a good episode to speak about that plot point but yes there's a bunch of different Jedi's they've been running into in each uh, in each area of the world this is uh, this is the Australian one complete with Australian accent so Hogan, he kind of like, uh, while this is all happening, there's also some Digimon who are harassing one of the local Digidestined, a lad by the name of, I forgot his name. What's his name? Derek. So, Derek. So, Derek, thank you. I'm so sorry. Um, Derek. And the is sub is called Dingo because Australia. <laughs> that's, the, that's a better name. Let's, let's, let's call him Dingo. I like that way okay, more. So, so Dingo is being chased by three Digimon of more of an aquatic persuasion. They all, you know, they basically, the fight goes to the team. Like, yeah, you know, like you have a Kakumon and I believe in Kilomon, like giving them, giving them fuss. And then they're being taunted, basically saying like, oh, we're going to turn you into seafood. And they run away scared because, you know, that, I guess they don't want to be eaten. Fair enough. The gang take, the gang sort of give chase and uh, they follow in various forms. Basically like a jet ski on one of them, and then the Kakumon's also there, I believe, just like riding along and Joe's on top. So they chase down the monsters, although they let them go eventually, but just they chase down the monsters to the control spire, which is on like a, a a little remote island in the Great Barrier Reef. And on top of this island there is a control spire, but also Scorpiomon. So they have a bit of a tussle with Scorpiomon, who's an ultimate level Digimon, so a Kakumon needs to become Zunimon. He drags Scorpion to the bottom of the seabed and he starts grappling there, but that's going to destroy the coral, the, the coral. Very bad. Big environmental message in this episode. Save the coral. So we also see some Marimon show up for the, uh, again, which I honestly shocked me. 
and they do eventually manage to destroy Control Spire and destroy Scorpion and and then they you know they're able to get all the Digimon back into the uh, computer and so on. So that's yep, fairly standard stuff. Now the action cuts to France where uh, we have TK and not his brother Matt, but actually Ty, who are basically there to meet up with TK's granddad, who is there and he's French and he rides a motorbike and he's going to basically they end up tracking, they end up in at the Versailles, Versailles Palace and uh, for some reason the Versailles Palace is open, the gates being left open, TK's granddad, a patriotic Frenchman to his core, wants to investigate for patriotic reasons and so they all go inside and they find out there's a bunch of Digimon called Mamemon and Big Mamemon who have got this uh, little girl hostage and she's like one of the French Digidestins if there's more than one uh, and she's there with Floramon I believe and they are you know they they need rescuing so they do manage to get rescued by by the by by Ty and TK you have Angemon and Greymon fighting with their Mamemon the action goes outside and they uh, they do eventually win that fight, thanks to the help of Magna Angimon, who makes an appearance here of all places. <laughs> Very strange. And uh, and yeah, they win the fight and show the control spire. And France is saved, and uh, they get some kisses in on on uh, on Catherine, who is the the that's the that's the girl's name. And that's about it. Yeah, this is this episode. Yeah, that's again another another sort of two part deal: Australia and then France. So. I just thought this one was wild to begin with. Like, I'm just going to read out my notes that I had from like the beginning of this episode, because you have a line where like Joe is talking about like pulling down the control spire, and he goes like, "You guys do the heave, I will do the hoe." We, I can't believe we have freaking isolated audio of Joe saying, "I'll do the hoe." Don't yeah. do this to my boy like that. Or you, or you, or you guys, you guys do the hoe. Is actually sorry, I got it the wrong way around. But yeah, it's like I'll do the heave, you guys do the hoe, and it's like. But then he's like, "Don't I'm like, do oh my this God. to my boy." And then, he, and then he keeps saying it, and he's like, "Ho, no, I said no, I, I didn't say go, I said ho." And he's like, "Joe, no, not Joe, ho." And he's like, oh, "For God's sake, Joe, stop saying ho." Um, it's just hilarious. And then suddenly Santa Claus shows up and I just feel like I was losing my fucking mind. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, yes, Santa here. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, did I just did I inhale something? Like, I don't... <laughs> and then his name... Then his name's Hogan. <laughs> What's like... that a reference to? I didn't get it. Um, It's a reference to Paul Hogan, who is the uh, the uh, the guy who plays Crocodile Dundee. Okay. In See, the, I, thought, I thought it might Dundee be a reference to Bogan, which is what Australians call boomers. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely it's definitely Paul Hogan. Um, but that's yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's that's a dub original one. You know what he's called in the sub? Is he called uh, uh, Shrimp on the Barbie? I don't, I don't know. No, he's he's, he's called, called he's called Yukari. And the reason for that, the reason why he has a Japanese name, even though Benjamin and Jackie had you know their um, region specific names in both versions, is because Yukari is what the Japanese call eucalyptus. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. Interesting. So um, I thought it was going to be something to do with, like, Japanese immigration or something to Australia. They're not... I don't, I don't know. That's, I was thinking that's where that was going. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's funny. So the other Genis, the other Genis, we should probably speak about them right now, because... Yeah. Like, they are... So the, the, this is the thing that I think was mentioned in the previous podcast episode, but, like, 
Jedi basically split him up, split himself up into like various parts, right? That's that's what actually happened, isn't it? It's not just like a bunch of Jedi's, you know, foreign guns. Yeah, and that's that's why he's so young is because he, um, like every part of himself, uh, is a is a fraction of his age. Oh, that's cool. I kind of I kind of dig that. So if he was like a hundred and something, and he splits himself into like six parts, it makes sense that each of those is about like twenty twenty five. So if he split himself to a hundred parts, there would just be a hundred Jedi babies. Making their dreams come true. Yes, good. <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just make it a bit strange though when you think about the fact that they're doing accents. Because presumably these aren't these aren't these aren't these haven't like been hanging out in this area for all of their existence. They have just literally just travelled there, like through the internet or whatever. So then you suddenly have like um Jedi doing an Australian voice, which Honestly, fair enough. Uh, and then you have Jedi doing a Mexican accent, which no, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. The accents, a... the accents in these are so bad. Like They're... every single next one. episode is straight up offensive. Next episode is <laughs> yeah, <okay>. genuinely <sighs> okay, like they they talk about how in episode forty, like oh no, we're gonna start an international incident. No, the voice next episode is going to start an international incident. But good good news, it's not Jeff Nimoy playing the other. The other um, Jedi's. Nice. Oh, okay. Phew. I mean, so he, he plays the main one. He does involved. not play the other ones. So our he is clean. <laughs> okay, mm. that's that's all I care about to an extent. But yeah, sure. We'll, 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 I'll, I'll I won't I won't put it on his, on his I won't put it on his shoulders. Um, <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's 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 really that chain of events of just Joe shouting ho the whole time to like then hey here's Santa then. It's like it's not Santa, it's uh, it's it's Hogan, it's Hogan the Jedi. Um, really funny, really got me. Well, I can't. I don't even think I can like say that the episode like did a good job. It's just me and my warped sense of humor. <laughs> I guess thanks to the internet, so it was funny, not more or less. Can I uh, uh, point out a quick fun fact though? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a it. lot of the the Digidestin we see uh, actually end up showing up in uh, Last Evolution Kizuna. Uh, Catherine, Ooh. in particular, was one. Uh, I believe Dingo also showed up. And from last episode, the Poi brothers made an appearance. So I think that's really cool how so many years later, these like one-off characters, literally one-off characters, got to show up in like the big final bit of adventure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Last Evolution Kazuna does like... <laughs> it's basically a sequel to Adventure 2. Like, I wouldn't really call yeah. try that for a intents and purposes like i would say that last evolution kazuna is more of a direct continuation of like the plot elements in the show uh but like really cool ways i feel like it pick it maybe picks and chooses a little bit but that's fine by me because yeah the, the world tour stuff is fun it's fun seeing all these different iterations and you know international variants of the digestion and so on and you know some of them are in a team some of them are like more working solo it's it's cool to see yeah and, it's yeah, I'm we talked about they... the last podcast episode how like yeah. how much it opens up the world and it really does feel like that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um so the actual action in here, again, I kind of like the last episode. I feel this is fairly throwaway. It's almost it almost feels like it's going back to, like the old formula of like what you saw in like early season 1 of Digimon like that kind of structure of like months of the week sort of thing, just without the whole you know, there's like nothing being gained of it per se. Like, there's no like new evolution or whatever. Like, there's nothing like that. It's just progress. 
So it's very light-hearted. Like, the first part of this episode is very extremely light-hearted. Uh, to the point where you have them, like, mocking the the diff- that the enemy, like, sea- seabaring, seafaring Digimon being there, like, you know, we're going to cook you into a stew. No, we're going to cook you a sushi or whatever. It's like, no, we're going to, you know, bring you on a barbie or whatever. It's like, it's 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 very, it's very silly. <laughs> so... Uh, Scrafty, I'm curious. That was not triple dip rice pilaf and jambalaya in the in the sub. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. So, one second. Let me let me flip through my notes real quick, because I I have it here. Um, like that last one was just straight up curry, like right. Yeah. So at fir- first, he just says, um, I hit him with a seafood mix attack, and the second time, yeah, he says, let's make curry out of them. Okay. I did. I did think that was actually kind of funny. It was just the idea of like just seeing them on pizza with like hot sauce, just being like slathered all over them, and then the three Digimon just freaking out. Also, I I'm really this is really irrational. It bothers me so much that they pronounce the evolution of Crabmon as Coelamon. And oh yeah, Silamon. that got me really mad. Once I learned that it's actually pronounced Silicanth, thanks to Animal Crossing New Horizons, I got very mad at that too. But also, I can understand that because for 28 years about. I had that issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I just like that. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm. It's one of the only things I allow, I allow myself to be a pedant about is is that kind of thing. It's like you're adults; you should know better. <laughs> yeah, I just. Well, I you see, uh, Gen, Gen three of Pokemon wasn't out yet, so we didn't really know about Celikins. So. <laughs> yeah, that was. Hur- uh... Hurry, next bit. Someone help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like this episode is like so hard to like. I don't know, it's hard to get much out of, but like I, I did find yeah. it funny that Submarimon showed up again, given the given the amount of times that I feel like we've kind of maintained this sense of like, Submarimon isn't in this show much. <laughs> it's like, no, he kind of is. Like, he, well, he's in it enough. I think. And this is his third time, and I'm pretty sure he shows up one more time. Really? So... One more time? Okay, I mean, it's, it's one more one time. I'm, of... I'm pretty sure. They keep finding excuses to like have water happen. You know, or like, you know, scenarios where like Submarimon is actually needed because, you know, it's kind of hard to come by scenarios where you're going to need to go underwater time and time again. Yeah. Um. So props to them for, for you know, at least here it's kind of obvious because it's like, oh, we'll just do like a one in like a coastal region or whatever. And like, yeah, Australia, why not? But um, I'll also say uh, TK's grandpa just dudes like real like we know where TK got his Chad status from. Right, like his grandpa just straight up just storms for Psy Palace, just kicks down a door, ready to save a girl, and he's he's pretty cool. I like him. He's I just I, granddad. Yes, it is right. Okay, because in both, in like, both versions, yes. Is he French on, on his in, on his mom's side? Is he French in the Japanese version, <laughs> in the original? Yeah, his mom That's is uh, is French on some side. I want to say strange. I feel like this is the. It just bothers me so much because, like, God bless you, David Lodge. Like, you're a good voice actor. You cannot do a French accent to save your life. It was really bad and really (laughs) funny. It physically pains me. Like, maybe I'm just it's just because I'm Canadian, so I'm like extra snobby about French (laughs) stuff. But like, yeah, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. So according to the wiki, uh, Michelle Takaishi is uh, Nancy's father. So they're half Parisian. And that's why TK is such a trad, because he the could, Parisians like burn be, stuff down. He could just be a Japanese man and move to Paris, though. Like, there's there is a lot of, of Japanese people who who 
other I'm just going by what the wiki says, which who knows how accurate the wiki is because it's a wiki, but it's the it's better than I know. I mean, he could. So be he's, not, a... he's he's not speaking Japanese with a French accent then in the in the sub, <laughs> which would be really funny. No, <laughs> no, okay, so that's a shame. Because like there, like Paris is such a popular like dream, either vacation or like visitation place for um. Japanese people, they they invented an entire uh, word to describe the feeling of disillusionment that Japanese people will get when they visit Paris and realize that it's not as good as they thought it would be. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, it's called it's called Paris syndrome. That's very bizarre. That's it's weird. like yeah, it's uh, or Paris uh, Shokugan in in Japanese. It's, okay. Um, according to Wikipedia, a sense of disappointment exhibited by some individuals when visiting or going on vacation to Paris, the capital of France, who feel the city is vastly uh, not as artistic and aesthetic as they expected it to be. Wow, that's a did lot you, to take in. Did you see? Um, is this is that word used all in or phrase? I guess used all in in this episode. It it absolutely is not. But like the existence of the phrase to begin with. Um, points to you know it being a popular destination for japanese people in general so that's why i'm not writing off tk and fam being still like <laughs> full-blooded japanese despite the the fact that their grandpa and grandma have seemed to live in paris full-time i have um i'm wondering if that's just like they got off the plane and they then like they just see a mcdonald's or something and they're just like oh this place sucks. <laughs> i don't know like it's like hey, it's a city it's a capital of the country like it's and like a G8 country or whatever. It's like, what do you expect? It's going to be, you know, pretty pretty commercialized. Like, come on. I've not been to Also, uh, Scrafty, I'll, I'll one-up you, uh, David Lodge, doing a horrible French accent, and say uh, Felice Sampler doing a horrible French gremlin child accent is even worse. <laughs> That's, she, it's she, bad, she sounds like She know. sounds like a child in a David Cage game. That's how bad it is. <laughs> I don't know if it's worse, though. Like, I, I like David Lodge's voice, so hearing it do, like, a really bad, like, cartoonishly over-the-top French accent, like, it hurt me. I mean, that's fair. To me, it's funny. But to me, also to me, Catherine's, like, just straight up a French gremlin child. So, like, it was, like, horrible. She sounds like, like, French, like, like, girl Oliver Twist or something. Like, she kind of has that sense about her, <laughs> just like, 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 oh, mon ami, mes Museum, I don't know, like something like that, where she just sounds utterly helpless. She's about to say that the baguettes are in season. No. (laughs) 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 Been waiting all week to use that one. Okay, now, now our episode title. (laughs) Now we find our episode episode title. title. (laughs) (laughs) The baguettes are in season. Um, no, Uh, yeah, just really, really. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I was, I was done. Yeah. So, Tom, uh, I need to get your opinion because you are the Novacast. most core propo- uh, supporter of Takari, TK and Kari. How do you feel about TK and Catherine? Just TK moving in on Catherine like this. Um, I found the because of the fact that they seem to portray her as like younger than I think she was probably meant to be. I just found the whole thing where like TK and 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 Ty are both like gawping over her to be very off-putting. Like, I couldn't really yeah, get past okay, that yeah. part to think about much else. Um, no, but TK, you know, TK, we've seen Chad TK already, and he's kind of, like, for the worse, settled more into the role of, like, being Chad, a Chad. But he also kind of S-words for Kari a lot, so that's that's what kind of made me, like, think, like, uh, like, is this out of character? <laughs> like, well, you know, he's out worry, I'm making sure we aren't getting banned on Twitch. I'm making what sure happens, of it. What happens in Versailles stays in Versailles, you know? It's... 
that's the episode title. <laughs> that's the episode title. I just okay. I forget my favorite part of the, this this half of the episode is um at the end when the camera just pans down to all the mommy one just floating in the freaking Sen River. <laughs> it's really good. It's really like, it funny. Gives me, it gives me immense crappy dude found dead in Miami vibes. <laughs> I have um I I I'm will admit I kind of spaced out well, with the conflict of this episode, like the thing that really caught my attention was Magna, Magna Angemon showing up, which I just thought was so like. I honestly, okay, I wrote in my sure. notes, Magna Angemon showed us here. Tom, are you okay? So <laughs> yeah, like he has shown up. This is his third appearance, not counting the movie. Like he shows up at the very, ed- the very, very end of Digimon Adventure to send Piedmon to Clown Hell, and then he shows up in. Uh, you know, a few episodes back to try and send Black War Greymon to Clown Hell, but fails. Now he's just being used here to the dispatch of some random, like, you know, cannon fodder Digimon, basically. Like, it's... Some, some trash mobs. I, feel, I yeah. feel like it's I feel like it's too late for them to, like, introduce Magno Angemon as just, like, one of the guys, or whatever, you know, one of the team. Like, and Angie Wormon, you know, has already shown up. And also, that's kind of like, she was she was she wasn't as big of a deal you know, in terms of like the Digivolution or whatever, she's basically, she's basically like the Greymon of of the Gatamon line, essentially. At this point, yeah. Mangkamangemon is supposed to be like a god killer, so for having him show up here was just kind of funny. It reminds me of like, oh, there's an episode of like early Johto series Pokemon where like Johto was the one series which was weird because like Ash, rather than just completely ditching his team and starting Crash. He brought some of his di- uh, his Digimon, Jesus Christ. He brought some of his Pokemon with him, and he right. brought Charizard with him. So, like one of the early episodes of like season, like the first season of the Johto arc, he just has this Charizard and he sends it out like it's like one of the first trainers he meets in like Route One or whatever of Johto, and the, and the trainer's just like, "What the hell? That's that's so unfair! You can't just do that. You shouldn't. You should know better." And he's just like, oh. Could you imagine being right. youngster okay. Joey with your level 5 Radita and then dude rolls up with level 60 Charizard? It's like, whoa, this is, you need to go to Mount Silver. Like, go on, take a hike. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, kind of reminding me of that. I just like, you're just using like, you know, insane god killer to fight whoever the hell. But anyway, like they, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was funny to see that happen. Um, no clown hell this time though, I guess, which is a shame. Yeah, Not worth it. I mean, they're good yeah. Digimon. They're just they're just grumpy because they aren't home. Also, Metal Greymon shows up again, which was yeah. nice. I feel like it's been a, a long ass time since since he showed up, and I, I do like his design a lot. It's very like peak Voice Digimon. Voiced by a noticeably different VA though. Oh, is, oh, it? is it? I didn't. I didn't. It's, I didn't pick it's up on definitely that. not the the former pro wrestler that they got for for season one. That's for sure. <laughs> huh? Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, I like. I like. I like. Metal Greymon OG voice, like the Metal Greymon or whatever. Like, yeah, he just, just bellows like, it. He just like roars very loudly. You can absolutely tell it who used to be a wrestler just by the way that he announces that name. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's it's good. And also, I I enjoy the I quite enjoy the fact that um, uh, the stock like Godzilla screams are always very enjoyable to me. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's always fun as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But this, um, yeah, I thought the TK's granddad is just is just a trip. You know, he's he's like so French. He loves Versailles so much. Like, 
and he he also has a very like um very classic like um you know marriage like hetero marriage i guess is the best way to put it like he's just like uh oh my wife she messes with the bike and she cooks the shitty dinner or whatever it's like you know it's like no like oh. he, he's saying that like his wife is cooler than him because she is straight up she is the one who is called whenever the versailles got paid versailles palace gates are broken are they like groundskeepers or something like that's it's just funny it's like me no like, you call like, some random dude's wife it's like they go to Britain or whatever, and it's like, oh, the Big Ben. Oh, we need to we need to watch out for the Big Ben, lads. It's like you know, <laughs> that's not a thing. I think I hope Jesus. Um, also, the Mame Mon just straight up uh, drinking juice. Yeah, they're they're drinking <laughs> yep. juice. Yes, I said that. The I good, hope you both know. I said stuff. that with the biggest air quotes. <laughs> yes, my favorite, my favorite right around for that is the the webcomic cucumber request for any references to alcohol or just called juice for grownups. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> oh, uh, I also like the Animal Crossing one where it's like fizzy apple juice. That's the one that they were like, <laughs> oh yeah, about, like New, the New Year's Eve like item. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was also and, very uh, good. Oh, or yeah. or an Ace Attorney where uh, after losing his. Uh, his uh, license to practice law, Finks becomes horribly addicted to grape juice. <laughs> okay. I've yeah, that one's also <laughs> really good. I've not got that far, but but in 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 those games, I, I know I know about that. Like that's not a spoiler, but yeah, there's. <laughs> I did, I've, yeah, God, I need to, I need to finish those. I've only played the first game and like and like, uh, it's just only like dual destinies. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I think we're that's... good on this episode, though. Unless anyone yeah. else has anything to say. Yeah, that's that's what I mean by there's not a whole lot to talk about in these episodes, they're, despite a lot they happening. They're fun, but like they're not they're like fun, discussion. Yeah, yeah we're kind of just goofing off about the the fun, silly stuff that happens in these episodes. But yeah. in terms of like thematic uh, depth or whatever, there's speaking of any. fun, silly stuff, uh, TK and Ty see a captured girl immediately shout, "All right!" Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, all I'd right. <laughs> That sucks. Um, a part of which I found kind of funny um, was the when they're explaining like who the Mamemon are, and they all start speaking in unison, like they're in a trance or something. That was so strange. Um, <laughs> yeah, very, I think it's because like they're they're like they're like the lip flaps basically match. I'm not sure. So if that was like intention, I'm not sure if that was in the original or not. Scrafty, you'd probably be able to like. Hey, Scrafty, tell us the difference between the dub and the sub. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> is that the same thing there, where there's, where there's, um, you know, they are speaking in unison? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually didn't take notes on that part because I was kind of like, I wouldn't say bored, but I wasn't. I was my attention wasn't there for the second <laughs> half of this episode. I guess you weren't bored, I, but you weren't cognizant either. Yeah, I have, I have far more notes in the first half of this episode than the second. And the only notes I have in the second half are just noting how bad the French accents are. Uh, how um, <laughs> Mommy Mom found dead in Paris. That's <laughs> and... that's good. <laughs> and there's one thing I forgot to um, to mention in the Australian part, and it's that um, in every one thing that's really cool in the sub is that every regional Digidescent uses their region's term for Digidescent. Oh, that's actually really oh, cool. That's a nice, that's a nice detail. So, do you, so have, like, do you have notes on those? Yeah, like the Australian uh, kid Dingo. He says in broken English when he's first introduced, uh, I am Dingo, Digidestiny of Australia. Oh, that's adorable. And then uh, Catherine in this episode when she's introduced um, says, uh, I am a, I am one of the chosen ones of France. 
That's cool. I, oh, I, that's I cool. like that. So, like, they actually, like, researched what terms the different language dubs use and use those terms, which is cool. Oh, oh that, yeah, wow, that's, that's really cool. cool. So, wait, what are they, what are they called in... Is it just Digidestin again in, in the, like, about, in the New York chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah they just use Digidestin. The, the American Digidestin, because that's the term used in the English dub. Right. I see. Japan is the chosen children, and I think that's all we've covered, besides fr- France now being and, the chosen ones. Yeah. Oh, of course, it's not Digidestin in, in, in Japanese, is it? Yeah, it's the... Nah. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I'm into that. That is cool. That's a really neat touch. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Should we take a break before we move on to the next episode? That sounds yeah. good to me. We will take a cool. quick break, and we'll be right back to cap this off with episode 42 of Digimon World Tour Part 3. And we are back. Uh, we took a quick break, but we are finishing up this World Tour Strong with episode 42. Scrafty, would you like to uh, lead us back in for the end? For sure. So we are picking up with the third part in this trilogy of episodes. Um, appropriately titled Digimon World Tour Part 3 in English and uh, The Love and Borscht Fight in Japanese. Oh, that's a very good name. <laughs> Um, this is also a milestone episode, and you can you either of you guess why this is a milestone episode? No, I can't. I actually can't. This is the final episode in the entire franchise that is written by the dub writing team of Jeff Nimoy and Bob Buchholz. Wait, real? This is the final episode. This is it. We've reached the the end of the Nimoy Buchholz era. You're kidding. I'm not. Every episode from here on was written by a different writer. Huh. I didn't pick up on that. Interesting. That's it's interesting unexpected. that I didn't tell. So we've been teasing it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, but this is it's finally come to a head. This is the point of the series production in which the mounting pressure and demands of the media, like we're showing the media, um the production the company got too much, yeah, the studio. Um, too much, and they decided to to call it quits. Though they would continue to voice their characters throughout the rest of the the series. This is the very last episode they would ever write as a team. That's pour one out. Oh, sorry. This is the last episode that they write. So next episode is yeah. the first one. Right. Okay. That's probably why I couldn't tell. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a uh, well. We knew it was coming. We knew this moment was coming. We knew but, it was uh, coming, but still, pour one out. Uh, these were some pretty fun episodes, if a bit questionable at times, and I'm interested to see these upcoming episodes uh, knowing this. I will I will say it is possible they wrote one more episode, because there's an episode later on in the season that is credited to Alan Smithy, <laughs> which, as you might know, is a name that people choose to use uh, as credit when they're not proud of the work they've done in uh, some kind of okay. media production. Uh, so it is it is possible that one or both of them wrote a later episode, but then took their names off of it because they didn't like it. But okay, there there are two Alan Smith episodes uh, according to the wiki. So all right, so yeah, it's I I don't think the other one is is them because only one of them is this season. But we'll we'll see. Okay, 
in any case, um, so that the final part of this mini arc, uh, the world tour, opens in Acapulco, Mexico, where Ken and Matt are, you know, doing their civic duty, destroying control spires, and they receive word that there are runaway monsters in the this ancient Mayan temple that's in I think it's Palenque is how you pronounce it. I'm I'm super sorry if I'm butchering uh, pronunciation. I'm not a good visual um, pronouncer, I guess. So they get there, and of course, you know, because it's a national treasure and a tourist attraction and whatnot, it's surrounded by guards, and they go to ask if they can be let in, but the guard not only refuses, but in the sub actually threatens them with gun violence if they don't scram, points a gun at these teenagers' faces, forces them to retreat. So they, they, go, they go back to regroup, and while they're kind of making a plan and deciding what they want to do, they encounter Jose, which is Jedi's Mexican incarnation. Uh, and yes, he's called Jose in both versions, and it's not a dub original name. And he distracts the guards with, like, a magic show, which allows Ken and Matt to sneak past Metal Gear Solid style when they're, when they're not looking. So they get inside the temple, and they meet a regional chosen child, or Digidestina, named Rosa. And in the sub, she only speaks un- unsubtitled Spanish the entire episode, which means Ken is forced to interpret for her so that they can communicate. In the dub, instead, she speaks mostly English with a few token lines here and there of, of Spanish. But there's instantly tension between her and Wormmon because she is super attracted to Ken and wants to go on a date with him. And Wormmon's super protective of Ken and wants to be his best friend and partner. So they, they clash, and she calls Wormond fishbait, and you know, just generally don't get along too well. But before things can get too heated, Jose appears and kind of shows them that there's two mons rampaging through the temple. A Minotaur mon and a Dokugamon, uh, or Dokugumon, sorry. Both of which are, are familiar to, you know, people who saw season one. So they kind of chase them outside the temple, but... In the process, Rosa trips and falls, and Ken has to carry her out. So then, Gatsuman, which is Rosa's partner, as I mentioned before, he evolves into Monochromon, which is like a big Triceratops-looking thing, and teams up with Stingmon and Wergurumon, which I think is his first appearance in this season so far, to boot those wild creatures back into the digital world. And that kind of finally earns Rosa Wormon's respect, or earns Wormon Rosa's respect because he was super cool with Stingmon. And so they kind of part amenably and go their separate ways after leaving her with her parents because it's way past her bedtime. And then we jump all the way across the pond to Moscow, Russia, where there's three Russian digidestin named Anna, Sonia, and Yuri, who are trying to communicate with Sora and Yoli, but they there's a problem, which is they don't speak each other's languages, and the only words of Russian that Sora and Yoli know are borscht, <laughs> poroshki, and caviar. So they have to establish a plan of attack using those three words as signals to on how to maneuver. So, which fortunately does work, and they're able to defeat an entire battalion of Flymon uh, and send them back where they came from. And just as they're about to have a celebratory dinner, Ilya, which is Jedi's Russian clone, appears and immediately ships them off to Siberia to fight a bunch of Mammothmon in the freezing cold. And that this is kind of resolved fairly quickly because Imperial Draman arrives to to help shepherd them back from whence they came, and then go back home, unfortunately, before they can have the Poroshkian borscht they were promised. A real shame. Yeah. It ends in kind of a weird denouement where the Russian army 
is trying to gather information on the Mammoth Mon to use as a weapon, but then Ilya hacks into their mainframes and, and deletes all the information on it. So then finally Imperial Drone flies everyone back to Japan to enjoy their Christmas evening, because it, it, it's all this has been in less than a day. And it kind of shows everyone's everyone who they helped them interact with what they're doing on their Christmas nights as well. And finally, we have the the kind of a coda of the episode where another kid, because we, we forgot to mention last episode, ended with Ira Kenimon taking another forlorn child and kind of ominously standing by them. So this one also ends with a sad-looking Japanese child getting picked up in a black van driven by Ira Kenimon and Momimon, which is very sketchy. And we'll find out why they seem to be collecting children like pocket monsters next episode. Speaking of, that forlorn child in the last episode was just Patamon. Yeah, and I, I did actually, I made a note on this, I forgot to mention it last episode, but um, they make a specific point of pointing out in the end of the last one that um, she's upset because she failed the mock exams for, for school. Huh. So, like, it's like a practice exam that you do to see how you're, like, how prepared you are for the, the you know, the, 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 the big, the main event, so to speak. Right. Um, and her friends were kind of teasing her about that. So that'll play into... The you know the, the this entire plot okay. thread later on. So keep that okay. in mind. Keep I, that, keep that in I know mind. I know where it's going. So okay, that's actually pretty interesting. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, Tom this still is... has no idea. So that yeah that well I don't I don't recall quite, but yeah that that is that is interesting and um uh, um yeah yeah I mean I, I forgot to mention at the end of the last one. Yes, there was that there was a moment. Yes, where they do uh, intercept a child. I guess uh, again, still very eerie. It's eerie at the end of this one as well. Even more so, really. I thought the main the main part of this episode was fairly. I don't know something about the something about the Russian part just didn't do it for me at all. Like I thought it was. Yeah. I thought I thought the joke of the like. You no, know, like I said earlier, I'm glad they had at least one episode in the dub at least where they do have you know there's like hey there's language barrier here we need to get around that that's you know an it's kind of an obvious it's like a gimme concept and it's it's something you could have fun with. I feel like the execution here is just off. Like it's a bit too like. Like, oh, we only know these three Russian, Russian words. And it's like, I'm pretty sure if you just started shouting, Bosh, 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 at some like random Russian person, they'd probably, you know, be very concerned. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, and also the kids, the kids just came across as kind of like idiots. Like when they're literally like flapping their arms and saying like pointing to the sky. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they could have picked up what what. Uh, yeah, what I mean, context they were, they were putting like, down. Come on, come on, kids. Yeah, she probably could have just asked like Hawkman to fly, but you know, <laughs> never mind. Too late now. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of. I don't know. It just felt a bit not great. Uh, not very. Yeah, not very so funny. I think. It's, it's now that we've gotten to the end of these three episodes, I have a question for for both of you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do we learn anything new about any of our main cast over the course of these three episodes? <laughs> um, we learned that Joe, uh, gets seasick, but it's okay, because it's only when he's around water, so. And also, of course Joe gets seasick. Like, I'm pretty sure that probably came up in the in the first series as well. Like, it's Joe, come on. Okay, let, let me rephrase that. Did we learn anything meaningful <laughs> about any of our main cast? Wormon is, okay. Wormon I, is dangerously okay, possessive. Yeah, Wormon, that's actually a thing. <laughs> yeah, dangerously possessive of Ken, as we see in this episode, which, not a fan! No, I didn't think didn't, didn't much like that. I thought that was just really weird. <laughs> he's, he's like getting... I mean, it makes sense. Like, he's now getting close to his partner, like, for real. And some girl's like, I'm going to become your stepmom. I'm going to become the Joker. She would probably be a little worried. 
I swear, I swear to God, I thought you were going to say I, I'm going to become the Joker. Why would I say that? <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, got, and then, like, got someone just like, ah, she's just, she, ah, she's just little or whatever the hell he says, and it's like, uh, Scrafty, uh, to answer your question. Uh, we learned exactly one meaningful thing, and it's the Mimi lore I brought up earlier about why her family left uh, Odaiba. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it also doesn't it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's not, me- it's so, not so. meaningful to the. I, I no, I understand what you're saying. It's not meaningful to like the wider thing. I'm just being like a bit of a butthead, being like, well, actually, but it's meaningful Mimi lore, and that matters to me. <laughs> Follow up question. Does the quote-unquote main plot of Adventure Zero Two advance meaningfully at all? Oh, in these no. oh not at oh, all. No. Oh no! Oh no! So my, I, I come, I come. Okay, so, so to wrap all these th- thoughts up, what are, 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 what do you think was the point of this, this little trilogy of episodes? Like it was fun enough, but like, am I alone in feeling like these feel like filler? Like they feel like oh, they, def- oh, they definitely do. I don't mind if it's full. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not like it doesn't so, yeah, necessarily yeah. drag. I think just my my issue, my my personal issue is that like it's fun, but I don't think it's enough fun to warrant an hour and a half of television. I think they could have compressed I mean, that's, this. That's valid. I think they could have had. You know how they could have approached this is this, they could have set up the concept of like they're traveling to these different locations to like yes meet up with Digidestin to join the control spies and whatever. But I don't know, like, have one of them get left behind or something, or, like, one of them can't go or something like that, like, and then give them something to do where they might actually be able to clash. They might actually be able to clash with Ari Kenny and Monomobi, or, or, you know, get a get a sense of what the hell they're doing. Oh, you could have kept Sora at home and given her something to do. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> you, there's, there's, stuff, there's stuff they could have done where they can still have the fun parts. Because, like I was saying, these episodes are them... Uh, these these are these aren't three episodes. These are six mini episodes, and rather than doing that, you could have just had like taken one of the ideas. So like I don't know, um, like TK and TK and Ty in France, for example. You could have taken one of those ideas, you know, kind of like had that, and then have like an A plot, and then the B plot, and then have like a B plot of have like a B plot that spreads that spread across all three episodes, and then have the A plots of each episode be like yeah, these these mini adventures or something. So, I don't know, they could have done more of it. I feel like the structure here is, it's fun, but it's, I I feel like by the end of episode three, or even by the beginning of the third one, I feel like you you just sort of get it. Um, And also, I just didn't find the third one as enjoyable. I think they probably could have done something like, I don't know, I thought episode two was probably the strongest of the bunch in terms of like, just being enjoyable. And maybe they could have like mixed and matched a bit there to, to spread the quality across the three episodes. I don't know. I, I, I've, there's a different approaches they could have taken to this, but I wasn't actively rewriting the episodes in my head as, as I was watching them for whatever that's worth. I mean, I I agree with you, Scrafty. Like, but at the end, I had fun. Like, it's it's not like the best. Like, there are some like flat, some pretty flat parts. Uh, fair amounts of uh this episode in particular, but uh, it's uh, I. I've been. I said before. I've been looking forward to this, and you know what? Like, mostly it's like, okay, like these are some pretty good notes hit. I enjoyed it. Like, it didn't. I don't know if I could say like it beat my expectations or necessarily lived up, but like I've enjoyed it enough. And for me, like, we already know that Zero Two is going off the rails from here on out. So having a fun little romp around the world like is nice for me. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I enjoyed yeah. these more than I remember enjoying them. Like, I remember as a kid catching these episodes. I can't remember if I got them on a VHS or on TV at, like, my cousin's house or something. But I remember as a kid watching them and being, like, fairly bored by them even back then. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I thought they were, like, they were inoffensive this time. They're they're fun. They're, you know, they're, they're fluff, but it's not like it's bad fluff. I just, like, I guess the feeling I came away with from this feeling like I could have pulled, like, a book club and skipped these three episodes and still have been able to talk about, <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. What yeah, happened you can them, summarize. You can summarize the events of these into, like, three seconds, like, one sentence. It's like, they fly around the world and blow up control spies, and then they return home once they've destroyed, enough, destroyed all the control spies. Boom, there you go. Yeah. Uh, can I say one thing that kind of, um, that did, like, sort of, like, I kind of wish was different? Uh, that they had changed around in terms of, like, the partnerships of the old digestion and the new ones. Because I think that's, like, a really neat idea. Like, mo- in most cases, they're different. Like, you have, like, unexpected ones like Davis and Mimi. You have uh, Ty and TK, who haven't really interacted since the last series. And, like, we're pretty close to the last series. You have Matt and Ken, which is neat because it's, like, you have Ken, who was the enemy. And, like, Matt's now, like, or at least if more time were given, could feel him out. But then you have... Uh, Joe and Cody and Sora and Yoli and it's just like oh that's the person that I have the same trade as and it's like that's kind of boring to me like I wish it was like uh, Yoli and Joe and Cody and Sora like it would have made se- it would have made sense given the settings but it's like that would have at least that could have at least been like a little interesting maybe mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I did I did think the Matt, Matt and Ken one was kind of fun but I think it was just I, I just sort of realized after the fact this is weird well not not weird sorry that's overused word um this is this stands out to me because ken hasn't really been part of the group proper in in a way that he could have like interacted with digidestined with the original digidestined the same way that the rest of the the o2 kids have Uh, until this point this is the first moment where that can really happen so yeah that's why i think it's really cool besides izzy yeah besides izzy who's kind of like an omnipresent (laughs) force in this series i feel like um it's cool to see him yeah it's like they could have they could have put ken with any other kids and it could i think it would have worked well uh, I feel like the only obvious one of the bunch maybe would have been Izzy or like Joe, but uh, but yeah, him being with Matt was kind of fun. The only thing I would say is they didn't really do anything with it. I would say they, yeah, there's not much. There's not much there. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that makes me sad because it's like Davis and Mimi like both have like a similar like very like high energy type of like self. So like that could have been fun to play off of like the two of them like being like really like loud and like sort of like leading the charge yeah. and like. TK and Ty had, like, that sort of, like, brotherly dynamic in a way in Adventure that, like, wasn't even reflected at all. And I know it's because, you know, they've had the character development of, like, uh, TK has appreciated his own brother more and whatnot. But it's, like, they did sort of have that, like, like connection. And then it's, like... TK and Ty felt like... Sorry to interrupt you, but, like, TK and Ty no, it's felt okay. like... Um, God, it reminds... It's, like, uh, when I was younger, I had, like, a couple of cousins who were, like, older than me, like you know, like, older male cousins, and it'd be like, when you go into their room, and you've just got, like, they've just got, like, a poster of a, on the wall of, like, bikini girl or something like that. It felt like, <laughs> that, it felt like that kind of dynamic of just, like, of just, like, TK and his, um, his slightly older, uh, horny brother. <laughs> like, it was just, like, a weird, like, kind of like, oh, they're both, they're both, like, Chad age now, so watch out. Um, the, the, the it's a dangerous combination. Um, Similarly, Matt and, T- Matt, Matt, and uh, Matt and Ken are two... They're very similar characters. <laughs> like, they are... 
You know, Ken's always kind of, but they wall. also are like really different because like Ken was the enemy, yes. like Ken was the whole power of darkness thing, and then Matt was being Matt. TK's brother. Like that's an interesting dynamic too. Matt, Matt went to heal as well, <laughs> so you know he had his he had his heel turn, and then yeah. his moment of darkness or whatever. But yeah, so Ken it, obviously vastly different characters in terms of their like their like pl- plot threads and you know character development and stuff. But but like yeah, um, and honestly, Ken's significantly more gentle and so on. But um, you know. Yeah, they're all fairly similar in like their mannerisms and such. I, I, I would say TK. Uh, I keep saying TK. Matt is just older, obviously, so you know he acts. Yeah, uh, and I feel like that's something they've done really well in this series. Is like write the original crew as being the same characters, but just older and a bit wiser and a bit more mature. Only a little yeah. bit. Um, so that was kind of fun. But yeah, I, I don't think they do much with it. But I think it is. It's still fun to see the characters paired up like this. Um, yeah, just lizard it's, brain. It's why like, I wish, like you, sw- they switched. Uh, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was done. I think there's a bit of a delay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, no, it's okay. No, I was gonna say, like, that's why I like, like, I kind of wish, like, it was different for uh, Jill and Sora because, like, they just get like their, like the the new kids who like they have the same uh, digimental, like the crest and the digimental. So it's like, yeah, why not like switch that? Like, because like Yoli is also like the oldest of her group. She is sort of like the like they've got like a similar dynamic of like being like the youngest child, like the oldest of their group. Like that could have been like in- an interesting thing to like go off of. And meanwhile, like yeah. Joe is just like always on max stress, and Yoli is just a chaos goblin. So that could have been funny. And then yeah, and Sora, Joe- like uh, they're there, so like they can whatever. Who cares? That's <laughs> that's a dynamic that, that the the Joe Yoli dynamic would just Joe would drown himself by the end of that episode. Like he, there's no way <laughs> he would be. There's no way he would be like texting Mimi like, "Please help me! I am just under so much duress." <laughs> and she's we like, "Oh, me and, me and Davis are busy going, are busy flying up to the Empire State Building with XBM on." But have also, fun I'm here. sorry, but Sora and Cody, <laughs> they would just boring. be there. Just like, hey, yeah, exactly. Whatever. Con- control Spire, you're here. And then Sora's just like <laughs> face face flat on the ground. Like it's like, oh, I've got nothing to do. At least with Yole, it's kind of like she's got like a sister thing going on. If she had Cody, it'd be like, what? What do I do with you? It's like <laughs> it would just be like two like really awkward kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's just terrible. Like God knows how. Yeah, language barrier. That that that'd be the last thing. The least of their concerns. Um, no, that's yeah, I, I agree. But I do think yeah, there's some fun ones in there. I think the Davis and Mimi one is like, it's just sort of there. <laughs> like I don't know. Like it's it's. It I mean, doesn't... technically in canon, they have interacted like one on one more, even though like it didn't exist yet by this point. But like they have that same energy, even though they don't do anything with it. Where it's like I would have appreciated that because like yeah, like give us time to see as opposed to like uh for like focusing on like uh these like drawn out like interactions with Jedi clones have it be like oh like let's see how these new digestion work with the old ones type of thing oh you mean you didn't like Jose that starts an international incident I swear <laughs> to god that was the worst thing <laughs> who did who did Jose's voice we need, we need to execute them for war crimes <laughs> we let to... me check do we do we want to do we want to check uh live on the podcast for war crimes Send yeah, to the Hague. Let's just do the the war crime watch. Yeah. Let me see. Imperial, so Imperial, Imperial so gonna Benjamin just is down. voiced by Michael Lindsay, aka Joe's voice actor. Benjamin's fine. Jackie is voiced by Jeff Nimoy. 
Uh, Jackie was a little sus, but uh, we more excusable Joel. than others. Uh, Hogan was voiced by Neil Kaplan, so the voice Hogan, of Pokemon. Yeah, Neil Kaplan deserves an Oscar for that. So you know, or <laughs> whatever the Aussie Oscars are called, the Oscars. They're called Oscars. Nice. Got him in one. Yeah. Uh, Ilya was also voiced by Neil Kaplan. Uh, Jose was voiced by Michael Sorek, who unfortunately voiced Andromon. So Andromon is now canceled. Andromon's over burning. Just like Andromon. (laughs) It's time for him to die. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Andromon is over party. Let's get it trending worldwide. (laughs) Post your fan cams. Oh, we're back. We're back. Um, we're going now. A dinosaur story. <laughs> um, the movie was so freaking weird. They got freaking Walter Cronkite to a voice. He's a news anchor. He's not a voice actor. Wait, what? Yeah. What? What? Wait. Wait. Hold on. The, the the Walter Cronkite. The Walter Cronkite does the, the, the voice, and we're back at Are Dinosaur at- Tale. Oh, I thought you meant in Digimon. I was about to oh, lose. No. I was about to lose it completely. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no, we're back at Dinosaur Tale is so weird because like two of the, the, the heroes are voiced by Walter Cronkite and Julia Child, who's a chef and not a voice actor. That's weird. That's like stunt casting, like one hundred percent. Like oh, very, absolutely. Very but it's like you've already got like John Goodman and the voice of Lisa Simpson and whatever in your movie. Like I don't think you need like who who's taking their kids to see this movie because oh it has Walter Cronkite in it. I love the did way he say, reads the news. Did you say John Goodman as Lisa Simpson? No, John Goodman and, and the voice of Lisa Simpson are both in oh, I was We're Back at Dinosaur. This is now a podcast about We're Back at Dinosaur's Tale. <laughs> Look, I just need you all to there. know that thanks to Matt McMuscles, every time someone says we're back or they're back, I always say a dinosaur story. So <laughs> I, the brain rot is real. Mm. What happens? Digimon survive? So, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the... Um, God, I have nothing to say about these. Uh, I thought the Wormmon stuff was really weird. Um, this last one in particular is a little, is yeah. a little, uh, is a little thin. Yeah, most... I thought the whole thing about them like saying the uh, they're gonna like tag graffiti on the walls and Ken just being really pissed off about it. He called me a punk. <laughs> like, I thought that was actually quite funny, but uh, that it was, was actually it was pretty funny. Well, because Amu- amusing censorship of a gun. <laughs> Co- comedy moments with Ken. We. What have we had? Like barely any, really. So it's uh, still getting used to that. But yeah, the gun part was funny. I didn't notice. I didn't notice the edit in the episode itself. Somehow, um, but but yes, I do. I do recall you posting that that screenshot of the gun earlier in the, earlier in the in the week and just be like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is a, we're gonna get a. Well, I was gonna say we're gonna get like a. Ash catches thirty Toros moment, but then I realised that that whole episode was banned <laughs> because of the guns in it. So, um, no, yeah, that's a uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty much I'm pretty much done with this one. But this, this yeah, uh, uh, Wormon's this, Wormon's this scream song. is like really funny. Oh, when he goes like, wait. yes, that is that that is really good. Yeah, that is really good. I can't believe it. I completely forgot. Fujimon, Fujimon's in this episode. Um, Frigimons. Yeah, there's we we see a total of three Frigimon in these episodes, yeah. which I think is worth it in and of itself. This this has been the longest gaps in Frigimon appearances that we've had so far, which I thought we just wouldn't really see him much from now on for every reason. But but no, he's here, and you know, well they're here, I suppose you should say, and they are. Yeah, it's nice to see them. I don't know, I'm I'm a man of simple pleasures, you know. 
show me a picture of Frigimon, and I'm <laughs> yeah. going to respond positively. Like the, that's just how it works. <laughs> I'm just picturing you sitting there like at a test screening, and as soon as Frigimon appears, you turn the knob all the way to the love side. I also thought it was funny when um, so we've had a number of scenes in these episodes where like you have the evolution scenes like the standard ones for all the Digimon um, like the, the the regular Digimon and then you have like the guest Digimon like Floramon or whoever just sort of glo- you know there's just the just, just, just thing where it like glows and then transforms into the Digimon even though the music keeps playing and the dub still happens Kotsumon gets an actual evolution sequence like a proper spinning round you know Shining lights, all that, all that business. Like an, an extended evolution sequence, no less. It felt like padding for time or something. But I'm Someone really yeah. confused. Someone at the animation studio at to- Toei was a big Gatsumon stand. <laughs> Gatsumon's cool. You know that Pokemon episode. Yeah. That was that was that, you know that's a that's a good one. Um, still surprising. Yeah. Uh, okay, last thing that I genuinely have about this episode is uh, Sora and Yoli, like, we were gonna have Proshki and Borsh with Yuri, and Matt just gets super mad, despite the <laughs> fact that there is nothing between them yet. He's just like, who's Yuri? And it's like, okay, Matt, like, calm down. Like, you are literally, no- this is literally nothing. Did you even get your cookies? You were attacked <laughs> by monsters. Friggin' mad Matt for your over oh, here. So you're saying they went, they went to good. Siberia. They went to Siberia with Yuri. So... Would you say that That's they a had on Tundra? They had <laughs> yeah. Yuri on ice. Oh, nice! We're Sloan killing it. Sloan's mind. Sloan's mind going straight to the gutter while I'm trying to just reference <laughs> uh, a classic of our times, which I haven't seen. So <laughs> don't, don't ask me anything about. Don't ask me anything about Yuri and ice. I mean, then. credit for skating. It was only anime, my mind. It, so it gay, I guess. So that's a thing. I, I haven't seen it, so yeah. If you've uh, if you want to send Tom quizzes about your ice, please send them to DigiNovaCast <laughs> at gmail dot com. That's D I G I NovaCast at gmail dot com. Send all of your comprehensive quizzes. I'm just gonna respond to any anyone who sends like any emails like that through. I'm just gonna respond with a picture of Yogi Bear. I don't know why Yogi Bear. It just came to mind. <laughs> don't even ask. It's a Friday afternoon. It's a Friday afternoon. It's been a long week. Very stressed okay. out. Okay. Um, for some reason, I thought of Yogi Bear. I don't know. Yuri, Yogi okay, Bear. Okay, well, I will, I will honor this request. If you send us any Yuri and I's questionnaires, I will reply with my best Yogi Bear pictures. <laughs> nice. <laughs> whoever, is, whoever sends the worst one is uh, is getting a picture of the movie poster. You know the one. <laughs> That's too mean. This one says Justin Timberlake as Boo Boo. No, no, no. I'll show you it later. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show, I'll show you later. Yeah, I think we're done. Uh, Scrafty, you mentioned it not too long ago, but if people wanted to send in Yuri and I's quizzes, pictures of Yogi Bear, uh, we're back, a dinosaur story, uh, fan fiction, <laughs> where can they send it to? Uh, you can send that to digi-novacast at gmail.com. We always love getting mail from our Readers, it's been a few weeks. I, I I suspect that people maybe don't have as much to say or ask about Zero Two because it's not as fondly remembered as the two s- seasons it's sandwiched between. But what you send us doesn't have to necessarily be related to whatever we're we're talking about that week. It can just be whatever. Like one, we got an entire like over two hour episode out of the simple question of what would your ideal Digimon fighting game be. So, <laughs> and we have a few more planned uh, that will be uh, coming up. In a manner of time, so yeah. So, so give us, give us anything. 
your ideas could be made into a full feature length episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, just far away with uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I feel like we can we can spin discussions uh, as far as we would like them to go. You know, we there's no there's no quick answers really. So. Uh, fumbles, I feel like. So yeah, no, I'd be happy to happy to get more questions through and and answer them. So um, is this the parts crafty where you ask us where you ask me what the email address is, or did you already say it and I just completely glossed it? We already said it. We already said it. It's okay. We got this. We got this. Is at gmail.com <laughs> So <laughs> or at diginovacast on twitter.com That's or right, your yes. local Twitter app. So I. Uh, do we want to do this this the outfit rankings? We talked about that. We are we feeling that. It's a long episode, so it's really up to you in terms of like editing and so on. Um, may- maybe we should save that until the the epilogue because I just remembered that arguably my favorite one is the one in the epilogue. You're right. So. That's a, that's not my favorite, but it's really good. So you know what? And okay. it'll allow me to better refine my list. It'll allow us more time to get mad too. If you if you have opinion if you have opinions about uh which which uh, outfit of Mimi, uh whatever her last name is, I forget. Um, which, uh, if Tachikawa. You have Tachikawa. Mimi you have Kido Mimi and Tachi- De- Digimon Mimi- Evolution could last Mimi- Kizuna. God, Mimi- I, Tachi- never mind. I'm editing that out. I messed it up. <laughs> That's pretty cringe, bro. Like, um, um, what was the name? Yes, if you have opinions about Mimi's outfits, uh, yes, uh, you can send them in. So Sloan can tell you how wrong you are or agree with you, whichever. whichever how right you are. Doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how right you are. I mean, maybe you, know, you also have good opinions about Mimi's outfits. <laughs> Chances are, you're probably going to be. I feel like they're all going to sort of be roughly on the same level. There's just going to be some that are slightly better than the others, and then all the way down the tier list, it's going to be the one where she has a perm. So, you know, yeah, that's probably perm Mimi is firmly in last place. There is nothing ever <laughs> changing that. I hate yeah. it. It's the worst thing. I, I, anyone could have told you that. Yeah, that's so. Uh, that's fine. But yeah. Um, I'll look forward to that then, but but not today. <laughs> so, uh, not speaking about uh, Per Mimi, but in fact about other things, uh, Scrafty, what non-Per Mimi related uh, happenings have been going on for you since we've last recorded? If you want to keep up with my non-Per Mimi happenings, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at ScraftyDevil. Uh, lately, I haven't been playing a lot much. I still haven't had like the the drive or will to pick up a new game because I don't know why it just takes me a while to get in the right mindset for that kind of stuff. Um, what I have been doing though is I've I've been watching a lot of really good movies lately. Um, and the, since we last recorded, I saw three movies, all of which I would recommend. The first is uh, Lupin the Third, the first, which is that um, CGI animated Lupin the Third movie that came out in Japan uh, last year, and it just came out on Blu-ray in North America a few weeks ago. Um, it's superb. Like, I, I would recommend this movie to anyone who just likes animation in general. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the characters or even if you know who the characters are or the franchise or whatever. Just, like, watch this movie. It's a great jumping on point for people who want to get into more loop and media. Um, it'll blow your mind of how good it looks. Like, this is the best anime- looking anime movies in Spider-Verse, like, bar, bar none. Oh, yeah, okay. looks, that's... Looks, yeah, I've, I've seen really gifts nice. of it, and it looks very nice. I'll have to check it out at some point, I think. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Yeah. And like the artists were specifically told they were asked to make it look sexier. So like it it looks gorgeous. <laughs> Wait, like I don't mean sexy in like a, a horny way, just like sexy in like every every character in this movie looks like a supermodel you. kind of way. 
Yeah, I mean, with Lupin, that has such a like sense of like, you know, I watched uh, the the one the the uh, Fujikamine one or whatever. Uh, hopefully, I pronounced that right. Uh, the one that was like yeah. all about the the the, the Mine character rather than Lupin, uh, which yeah. was very, um, very, very yeah, it was very horny. But like, it had, yeah, a, it it had was... more of like a, a James Bond flair about it. Uh, yeah, that. that... That one's more like a like kind of I guess I would call it like psychosexual that that series. Um, sure, yeah, that's it, probably it, a good way. Of yeah, it. like Lupin Mina kind of runs the game the gamut of being like, like yeah, like that kind of like actually like doing things with sexuality versus just being horny versus being the purest thing you'll ever see. And uh, this movie is extremely <laughs> wholesome. Like, there's no horniness at all in it, uh, aside from one one joke about how Fujiko you know is easy to uh, she was able to manipulate men very easily. Uh, that aside. Very wholesome movie. It's basically like an Indiana Jones movie, but with gorgeous CGI animation. So I would 100% recommend that one to anyone who's into um, animation in general. And who knows, if you like that, you might want to track track, uh, track down some other Lupin Media to check out. Uh, after you see that, I would definitely recommend checking out um, Castle of Cagliostro, which was the first movie that Hao Miyazaki worked on. It okay. um, still holds up really well. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, don't watch the dub on Netflix, though. That's the bad dub. Watch the sub. Oh, wait, wait which one's the bad dub? Uh, the bad sub is the, 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 the yeah yeah the the, the, the bad sub is the Jenny on one the the manga entertainment one's the the the, the, the good one, but unfortunately right. because of the license for it, it uh, expired a while ago I, I think the only way to legally watch the good dub is by buying the Blu-ray for it. Um, Sorry, so the the good dub is the one with David Hayter or without? I think it's the one without David Hayter. Let me quickly look up. Right, okay, okay. I saw that on TV for the, well the first time I saw it rather was well, I saw, it was on uh, it's on Channel Four over here which is like one of the, the big stations and and uh, they were they had a moment in time where they were showing they had the, like the rights to the Ghibli films and they were like showing them fairly often um, and it was definitely it was definitely because um, they kept calling him the Wolf or whatever mm-hmm. which is which I think is the is the old dub with uh, which apparently you say is not very good I don't remember it being that bad but regardless. Um, that film, yeah, obviously, you know, you can watch it sort and it's a damn good film. It's really, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, so yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, the David Hitter one is the good one. That's the manga entertainment one. The bad one is the streamlined dub, which oh. came out in the 90s and it, it like cuts out a bunch and kind of like sanitizes um, some of the darker elements of it, even though it is one of the the lighter hearted ones. Interesting. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit off in terms of tone for Lupin, I find, because it's very, it's very whimsical, I, I feel like. Yeah, very befitting of it's a it's a Hayao Miyazaki film. It's it's kind of a it's kind of that first and Lupin film second, but yeah, you know it still it still has like Jigen being badass and stuff. So it's you know it's still oh, yeah. if you God. if you like badass Jigen, you will love the first. He's he's incredible incredible Ultra Chad God in this movie. <laughs> One of my favorite anime characters, like hands down, him and Zenigata. No, <laughs> Zenigata. <laughs> um. Yeah, so like it's it's great. Um, I I, I watched both the dub and the sub uh, of it. The dub is a bit awkward because it was entirely uh, recorded through Zoom. So like, oh no, I don't mean like sorry. I don't mean like the actual audio was recorded through Zoom, but like they were like directed through Zoom. So it oh. it's fine, but it feels kind of stilted at times because you know they, they weren't in the studio with people able to give them like direct hands on uh, advice and whatever. Is it like but, a good cast? Yeah, the cast is very good. They got the cast of, um, I think, like, the se- old Season 2 dub. So, like, a bunch of actors who have been voicing these characters for years reprising the roles. Oh, good. 
That's cool. Um, but no, like, they got, no, like, celebrity dob or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, there's like, no, there's like, no like, bullcrap celebrity cameos. They got Lex Lang, who voices uh, Wargreymon, back to do Goemon, which I loved. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a great time. Um, I would suggest watching the sub first, and if you like that enough to show it to people, then you can show them the dub. But if you're someone who's okay with subs, um, even as someone who generally prefers dubs, I think the sub is the better way to go for this one. Fair enough. Uh, that so yeah, mind. that was the first of the three movies I watched. The second was a an independent Australian film called Blood Punch. <laughs> and That's a great name. It was it was really good. Yeah, it's um, it's a dark comedy time loop movie. So it's like it uses like the Groundhog Day style time loop, but it has some of the most interesting mechanical applications of it I've ever seen. So the the general plot is. Um, this dude is enlisted by a monstrous, like, absolutely, like, vicious, um, like, ex-policeman and his girlfriend to, like, cook meth for them so they can sell it for a lot of money. Um, and, you know, obviously things go sideways, uh, a lot of bad stuff happens, and just as when, just when he's about to, like, get ready to put this all behind him, he wakes up and it's the beginning of the day again. But the unique thing about how this one works is unlike, you know, Groundhog Day or Palm Springs or whatever time loop um, media uh, is your favorite, um, there's object permanence in this time loop. So if someone, like, let's say someone dies, their corpse will still be there the next day, even though they've woken up in the same place they woke up in before. Oh, that's creepy. So, like, they they use it for both horror and for comedy, because, like, after a certain point in time, killing this policeman just becomes kind of routine because they they have to get out of the way before they can start solving the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so like they have to start like burying like when they once they run out of room in the mass grave they have for this one guy, they have to start like putting him in the shed because there's too many corpses of this guy to keep up with. Oh my god, it's, that's that's something. It's it's a very low budget movie. Like some of the effects are hilariously cheesy at times. Um but overall, it was a super fun time. Um, I really liked the, the the mechanics of it, how they managed to finesse around the low budget in interesting ways to still tell the like tell the story they wanted to tell. Because like it's basically like three cast members, one writer, one director, and and then a few people on like camera and special effects, and that's like the entire production team. It's extremely small scale production, but that kind of adds to the charm of it. Um, so that was good. I would recommend that. If you have Shudder, uh, it's on Shudder. If not, you can uh, find it pretty easily to rent or buy online. And the final film I watched uh, in the past few weeks that I would wholeheartedly recommend to anyone who's listening to this. If you're listening to this, you will love this movie. It is a Canadian, um, again, kind of a comedy horror movie called Psycho Goreman. Okay, tell me more. So... The best way I can describe the aesthetic of this film is, do you, do you know all of the, the monsters in Power Rangers? Relatively. Like, they're like dudes in rubber suits, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. That's kind of what most of the characters in this movie look like. Oh, that sounds good. So, the main plot of the movie is um, this creature, this, this dark being of unfathomable power known only as the Archduke of Nightmares. Um, is awakened from his slumber on Earth by this little girl who unwittingly digs him up. Um, but since she's the one who dug him up and she has his amulet, she gets to control him and he has to do whatever she says. So she renames him Psycho Gorman because she thinks that sounds cooler and just starts messing around with him in the small town. And meanwhile, this intergalactic 
co- a coalition of, of peacekeepers is sending soldiers down to try to kill him and take him out because he poses a threat to the universe at large. Okay, I have and a quick question. Go is for it. Is it Psycho Gorman, like G-O-U-R-M-A-N-D, or Psycho Gorman? Gorman, as in like blood and gore. Okay, I was I thought it was Psycho Gorman, and I was like, that's a very good name, and then I realized, oh wait, <laughs> it's probably Psycho Gorman. Yeah, which is an even better name. <laughs> and um, it, it, is, it is phenomenal. I, I had such a blast with this movie. It is like, I think the, the, diff, the razor's edge that you balance with camp is authenticity. Because if it uh-huh. feels like you're winking at the audience too much, it, it gets exhausting, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I hate the Sharknado movies, is because they set out to make a bad movie. So there's no heart or soul behind it. What makes Psycho Gorman so fun is that it is 100% a, an earnest attempt at making a movie in this style. Like, it doesn't feel like it's being ironic or, you know, sarcastic or whatever. Right. And because of that, it is so much fun. Like, all the performances, they yeah, they're a bit over the top, but, like, they're still incredibly enjoyable to watch. Uh, the soundtrack, they got, like, a 80s synth and hair metal soundtrack commissioned for the movie so that, it, that you know, accompanies all the best scenes. Uh, there is some really good, like, creature effects and, and body horror in this, because, like, the eponymous Psycho Gourmet, his, his favorite punishment for dealing with anyone who tries to stop him is to just mutate them into a horrifying creature that's, like, an amalgamation of flesh and limbs. Oh, that's... Um, don't like that. It's... But, it, like, it's it's so... Like, it it kind of takes the edge off of the horror. Like, it's not like it's, like, the, a disgusting movie, because just seeing, like, how the people of this world react to this, like, unfathomable eldritch being in their presence is is it makes up half of the fun of the movie like there's a moment okay. in the the movie that's using the trailer so I, I i don't i don't feel bad like spoiling it or whatever when whatever like the kids are off doing their own thing they leave them in this abandoned warehouse to just like hang around and they bring them some magazines for entertainment uh just to read and she says uh here look they got a bunch of hunky boys in them and then he just says in his like growly like monster voice i care not for hunky boys and he looks down at the magazine and goes or do I? And starts flipping through it very enthusiastically. <laughs> That's very good. It's it's an excellent movie. I like. I don't think it's on Blu-ray um, yet. It will be soon. Um, they're doing a special edition that I actually pre-ordered the second I finished watching it because I I enjoyed it so much. Um, called the Hunky Boy Edition. Uh, that comes with like the soundtrack and a poster for it and whatever. And I think that's the smartest uh, Blu-ray purchase I've made in years. That's good. Um, so yeah, that one's also on Shutter. It's also available on demand, uh, digitally to rent on most platforms. So if anything that I've described here sounds up your alley, like if you, if you like um, kind of uh, camp dark comedy, if you like uh, retro creature effects, like like lots of rubber suits and practical, um, you know, blood and gore and whatever. Um, if you like, you know, in eighties aesthetic done authentically and not ironically or. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Inauthentically? Like, this is the movie for you. This this is one of the most fun I've had with a movie since the pandemic started, and I would I would wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone who sound, thinks it sounds like a good time. Sounds good. If I were more into horror, I would probably check these out, but unfortunately, like, that is not so much my, my vibe, so... But I'm glad you liked it, because they... From what you're saying, they sound great. Yeah, that's... That's it's it was it was a very fun time. I think um, it's a great like party movie. I guess I would say so. Once like you know, either you can do it through, through as a virtual watch party, or once the pandemic ends and it's safe to have people in your home on mass, 
Uh, it would be a good movie to put on with a bunch of friends while you're like drinking or just like hanging out. Um, because it, it's, I watched it with two other people, and I think it wouldn't have been as fun if I was alone. So it's definitely a movie to watch with with friends that you can laugh along with and like have fun with. It's it's a great great time. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, but yeah, that was that was about everything I got up to. Sorry for ranting so much about that. I'm very passionate about. Never um, be sorry for ranting about what you like. That's what this yeah, entire yeah. podcast is founded on. Yeah, I'm I'm very passionate about niche horror movies that I think need more um appreciation. So I'll give a shout out to those two. Um, Blood Punch and Psycho Gormarin. If you're interested in in uh dark comedy horrors, um, Lupin the Third, the first. If you're into animation, that's my bit for the week. Tom, what have you been up to? Where can we find you? Perfect timing. Um, throughout the whole segment my internet managed to just completely disagree with me so I am back just in time to tell you all about all the daft stuff uh, that I'm into so there you go <laughs> my favourite part of the show <laughs> um, no um, it's uh, what have I been doing I've been playing bits and bobs of games sort of all over this place um, uh, just trying to catch up on Apple Arcade stuff, mainly because I know it's my subscription, like my free trial period of like three months ended. So I'm like actually paying for it now. So I was like, oh God, I should use this more. So I'm probably just going to try and play through what I like and then cancel. Um, subscription services, you know, they're the future and all that. Um, I played Inmost, which is like a game about... It's kind of like a horror thing. If you play like Limbo or Inside, it's kind of got that vibe going on. Um, it positions itself as a bit more of like a Metroidvania, like from the outset. Um, but it keeps flicking between like these different characters and perspectives and so on. And I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. It was kind of a shame because I was hoping it was good and uh, I'm, I'm good friends with one of the artists on it. It does look really nice. Um, but uh, And I would say that's definitely the highlight of it is is the like pixel art and so on. This is a, they're not the developers, but it's a pic. Is a pixel junk joint. Sorry, not pixel junk. Um, Chucklefish, Chucklefish joint. Who do uh, they previously published Stardew Valley and Terraria and other stuff, I believe. So they, you know, they know they they're quite good in that category, and and that's kind of where Inmo shines. But other than that, I find it a bit sort of flat in terms of the story and again the gameplay. I feel like something that indie games uh, get right more than they get wrong is aesthetic. Like even if a game has bad gameplay. A lot of these like pixel games, they still look nice. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I, I won't even say this plays badly or anything like that. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with your overall point, by the way. Absolutely. Um, it's just that it felt like one thing that's very short, but like it sort of ends with like this elongated, like fifteen minute. Well, maybe that's maybe not like fifteen minutes, but it felt fairly long, like cutscene basically. And I'm just like. I really wish I was playing this. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, there, there's there was a boss fight and so on, but it wasn't a, a boss fight I played. It was a boss fight I watched, and it was kind of like, uh, oh, this is kind of a shame. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, the whole thing kind of felt a bit like kind of got lost in the weeds a bit. Um, strange, yeah, strange. But it was only like three hours long, so I guess they had that going for it. Um. Other than that, uh, I've just continued to play through Mario 3D World because I really enjoy that game. Like, it reminds me a lot of playing 3D Land, funnily enough, on my on my 3DS quite a lot back in the day. A game that I'd replay over and over. Um, I mean, it helped that early doors the 3DS the 3DS didn't have much else going on for it, but it was still a really fun replay game. And and this this is too. I think it's it is uh, perfect on perfect for the Switch, as as the old cliche goes. 
Um, beyond that, I have just been... I uh, started watching Futurama again. Like, I used to watch it all the time back in the day because it was always on repeat on TV. Um, but I've never really watched it in order. And now that it's on uh, Disney Plus, just updated to have like their their adults section, which essentially means that like there's way more stuff actually worth watching now. Because if it was just the sort of like banal like Disney family friendly approved stuff, you kind of go insane. <laughs> watch, watch like the Mandalor <laughs> the Mandalorian and One Division. It's kind of like uh, this all seems really not for me. Um, but no, now I've got like you know Futurama and. Uh, Scrubs and Devil Wears Prada's on there, and some diehard films, Deadpool 2. It's cool. Sorry, I'm not trying to make this an advert for Disney Plus. Like, I, I re- that's the last thing it, it needs, but um, it's it's cool in that regard. So it's nice to watch Futurama again, and uh, and it reminds me that show has held up a lot, a lot, and it reminds me of what you can do when these like animated comedies like aimed at an older audience have restraint, I suppose, because like it's both not going too hard in like the edgy jokes direction or whatever which you saw from like your family guys and stuff like that uh yeah. and it's not remotely up its own ass as well when it does try to be you know dramatic or whatever in spots like i feel like some some of the shows like bojack horseman can be like i know people love that show but it's, it's just not for me um so yeah future is really good it's 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 fantastic and it's and it's good in ways that feel very different from like original simpsons as well so even though it's the same like look and it's got the same team and so on uh to an extent it is a very good show in its own right and yeah it was cool um so yeah that was fun um but yeah i'm kind of just uh yeah just kind of like floating between stuff at the moment so um but i did just pick up nausea which i know uh that's the G-N-O-S-I-A, uh, which you might also know as, uh, in quotes, the Among Us virtual novel. <laughs> or visual novel, sorry. Visual novel. Um, so uh, I know Sloane's picked that up and is enjoying it, so I'm excited to, excited to uh, follow in her footsteps there. So so yeah, that's all I've been doing, really. Not not much to report, but, you know, uh, keep it on, keep it on. Very nice. Sloane, what have you been up to? Uh, if you want to find me, you can at Sloan Rosette on Twitter.com. Uh, so, uh, I beat 13 Sentinels. That game is great. That is, like, just outside my top 25. I mean, a top 25 list on Backlogged, which is, like, letterboxed for video games. So that was, like, just out of it. And, like, honestly, like, it could probably move it at some point just because I really loved it. Uh, very good game. Very, very good game. Uh, great characters. Uh. I also started uh, Persona 5 Royal. Uh, people who may know me for my writing that I used to do eons ago would know that I had some issues with Persona 5. I still have those issues with Persona 5, but Persona 5 Royal is kind of like a comfort food game, I feel like. like I'm really much enjoying just like sitting down, like sitting down and just playing a bunch of it. I'm over 40 hours in. I know I still have like 100 to go and I'm really looking forward to it. It's a good game. I really enjoy the cast. It's got, it's, Maybe my favorite ensemble in a modern Persona game. I don't know. Is that a hot take? Do we consider that's a pretty that a hot, hot take? take? I think it's a pretty a hot, hot take? take. Okay. I mean, like there are other characters I think I might love more, but in terms of the general ensemble, like I really love them. They're great. They're just a bunch of dumb idiots who like each share one brain cell, and it's fantastic. And that's the kind of energy that like I want from media is just 
characters who went separate can be smart and are smart. But when you put them together, they each just share one brain cell. Like that is that is the move. That is this podcast even. So other than that, I've been playing Noja. Uh, Tom, it is, I, I mean, like, I know it's the memes, but, like, that's Among Us, but it's, like, it's just werewolf slash mafia, like, literally. Yeah, I like, know, I know, but it, it, it basically, I know, I know I, you're doing the meme I, thing, not, but I've got to be that. a pedantic nerd. It's not even that, they are based, they're both based on a ship, which I know is, like, an amazingly, like, original clip on its own, but, like, I saw, I saw a line from that game where they pretty much just directly reference Among Us. Like, I realized that, obviously, it was localized more recently than, than it made in the, uh, that it was released in Japan, but because um, I, th- I think it released the same year as Among Us, but obviously like way before it blew up. Um, and yeah, obviously now now it's coming to now it's coming over here, and right. obviously you're gonna reference it. And now, and there's, so there's like an Among Us line, and I thought oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, other than that, sorry, yeah, I I, I recognize that it's its own thing, and obviously it's based on Werewolf and yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff. So. Like, it's it's very... Like, you're literally just playing single-player werewolf, like, with CPUs. Like, it's it's kind of cool that way. But it's a looping game, so speaking of media that loops day in and day out, I'm also on the looping media train. Uh, I've gone through, like, 50-something so far. Like, the game... Like, the, the quote-unquote, like, the games, the loops are pretty quick. Especially if you lose, like, I end up losing because I end up being, like, too forceful, like, trying to accuse people that I know are bad so i was like please like no listen to me and they're all like wow you sure do sound suspicious what are you trying to hide and then i just get put into cold sleep but it's <laughs> it's interesting like there is some interesting that like great it's 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 pretty funny but also kind of frustrating uh they have like some cool things where it's like if you want to see like more events you can like hit a button at a certain point and it'll sort of like lead a setup for a game that will make you more likely to see those events so it is pretty useful uh, there's like some sort of overarching story that I'm not really sure about yet, but like it's being teased and there's like a lot of like interesting stuff to find out about the characters. Cause you have like, uh, not including yourself, you have 14 characters, like there's 14 characters plus yourself. So 15 on this spaceship. So like there is a, it's a pretty big cast that I haven't gotten to know super well yet, but it, they are pretty interesting, especially like with how they vary, like between being, noja or not so it's it's pretty cool uh price is a little steep maybe uh depends on how you feel about it i like it a lot so i more than like happy to... uh, oh yeah, yeah i mean, mean like, like i played i played a lot and i feel like i've only gotten a fraction like i said i'm like over 50 loops in and i've like barely scratched the surface i want to say yeah. So I, I find it, it so I'm not accusing you of anything or anything like this but like the the conversation around price and stuff are you saying I'm sus no, uh, well, uh, the uh, nice would Among been, Us but... reference gamers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what, the was that? what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> that was that was me laughing. I was going like, <laughs> that's that's amazing. Um, sorry, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I think the price of games is such an interesting topic, and like, it's probably not one for here, but like, it is so interesting. That, like, I don't know, like, so so uh, Nojo and um, Nojo's like. Twenty-two pounds over here or something like that. Um, it's like twenty-five to, like, here. Tw- I want to say twenty-five. Twenty-five bookeroos. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's something similar. I noticed was the Ghosts and Goblins game that just came out, which I think I'm on the verge of getting. <laughs> oh, maybe no. I'll probably get it on a sale. But um, but that looks really nice and that. But it's obviously not so like you just a want to suffer. Is that what you're saying? It, it looks. I don't know. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty accessible. I mean, if I want to suffer, I can just play the 
they just give away the original Ghosts and Goblins for free on like the Capcom arcade thingy on Switch. Um, but the yeah, the new one looks really nice, and that's about the same price. So it's interesting to see like this mid tier of games coming back, which are like not quite full. Well, they're not full price, and they're not like yeah, oh. quote unquote indie game price either. So when I, when I say like of, depending on yeah. like if it's worth your price, I more mean like money is obviously tight for a lot of people, especially in this day and age. So it's like yeah, but, yeah. can can uh, you can you put fifty or twenty five dollars on a smaller game? Like I can, and I mean because I had the extra money from like birthday and stuff, so it's like I could justify that, but you might not be able an to. An unproven, an unproven game, I think, maybe the key thing there. Yeah, is that like you know. It's not a big known thing. It's not an established property or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, and I did see I did see at least one person on Twitter who had picked it up and weren't as thrilled about it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, horses for courses and all that. No one's gonna like everything, but um, it does seem like overall the re- the response I've seen for Nojia is pretty positive. So it's cool to see. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's just the, it's really interesting. The price, like the, the, price the, the interesting. yeah. The character designs are, like, all, like, really weird, and I mostly dig them. Like, there's just straight up, like, a beluga in a spacesuit. I, like, I like the beluga and the, the gray alien. They're yeah, really the gray, great. Yeah. The gray alien's They're, really funny. The beluga is is <laughs> named Otome, which I'm pretty... It's not, like, <laughs> like, like the male... maiden or something, or it's, like, girl oh. or something. I thought it was, like, the male romance, like, genre. Yeah, that is, but it's I. I okay. What is this? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. Otome. Yeah, what's Otome mean? Otome. Yeah, it's like a visual novels, romantic visual novels aimed at women. Okay, so oh no, I, I meant the like direct meaning, but okay, so Otome is literally just maiden. So yeah, he's a big old beluga in a spacesuit named Maiden, <laughs> and he's like great, it. and I love him. I will protect him with my life, except for when he's evil, <laughs> in which case I will make sure he goes into cold sleep as soon as possible. He's getting he's getting speared. Um, the uh, <laughs> sorry sorry about that. Um, the uh, the screenshot going around of like the alien looking dude, like the the, the grey alien or whatever, um, going like, oh my god, there's an alien on the ship. It's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really it's like the one the one the one meme screenshot I've seen everyone sort of sharing. So I, I posted mind. one like, yesterday of uh, the beluga saying. Uh, that mankind does does that include me? And it's very funny. It's <laughs> good. It's it's. Maybe? I I like it. It's it's an interesting game, and I'm probably gonna play like plenty more like this weekend because I've because now that I have like a, a sort of a switch game, I like I'm really wanting to get into like that sort of, like sort of shorter yeah. and like sm- bite size like while I'm playing because I I played Soccer Wars that was like twenty something hours. Thirteen Sentinels took me about thirty five. I'm already forty into Persona Five Royale like. Some some bite sized experiences are kind of nice, so <laughs> it, it's something I'm going to be playing a lot. I've got Dragon Quest Eleven taunting me because I bought it like a while ago while it was on sale, <laughs> um, so I've got to get around to that at some point, and it's just kind of like, well, I know I want to get around to it at some point, but it's kind of intimidating in the way that all long JRPGs tend to be. So uh, I'll strap into that at some Definitely. point. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Sorry, that, I, I, had, think... I thought I had a thought. I've I mean that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, I also saw Edge of Tomorrow, aka Live Die Repeat. Speaking of yeah, that stuff, fil- that, that film that rules. movie's really funny. That movie it's is really great. funny. That's like top five Tom Cruise films, and and you know as much as a an oddball he is in real life, um, he has a great film, he has a great catalog of films. So and uh, I don't think yeah. that's any small yeah. smaller uh, small praise. Um, 
Um, no, yeah, great film. Um, they, they yeah, seem, very good film. They seem, they seem to be toying around making a sequel to that, which I'm not sure how that would work. But if they the, are the going to do that... The, the planned sequel has maybe the, the silliest name I've ever heard a movie have. Oh. I, let's, let's, let's close out on what this movie title is. So, you know how the, the original one's called Li- Edge of Tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, based on the book, uh, All You Need Is Kill. Yeah. Uh, and then but the DVDs when, are sometimes called, like, Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, when, so when it hit DVD, they rebranded it as Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. So that's the official title now. That's propaganda, and if you think terrible about name. it. Terrible name, collectively, but one of those is good. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, they're all pretty awful, but, like, I've never seen a movie rebrand its title in that way <laughs> upon hitting DVD. But anyway, uh, so... The, the planned sequel is called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. <laughs> That's so good. Which, oh which my is God. really silly. Like, I don't think you could try to make a more ridiculous <laughs> ending than that. I mean, you could try. You might. You probably wouldn't succeed, but you could certainly try. It's my job to be repetitive. Being repetitive is my job. It's just, yeah, it's just so, it's so silly like i just wish that they they did like a, a something to do with edge of tomorrow or like maybe edge of tomorrow do that i was oh, thinking no. that but i didn't want to say it too obvious too obvious <laughs> like live die repeat and repeat sounds like a a bad tagline not like an actual what they movie. should do okay uh here's my kill. last thing on that call it edge of tomorrow colon edge of tomorrow <laughs> there you go take a take a page from um like an anime or something, and call it call it R E colon Edge of Tomorrow. Oh God! Just call it Edge of Yesterday. <laughs> edge of today. Edge of the That's day after tomorrow. That's been our show, everyone. <laughs> Next week we are covering. F- I'm sorry. Do we have any more Edge of Tomorrow titles to to workshop? No, I, nope, I got it. I got it out of my system. Okay, you got one, Tom. Nope, all good. Okay, so next week we're covering episodes 43 through 45. We got some big appearances coming up. Am I excited? I'm not sure yet. I guess we'll find out. But this has been the NovaCast, and thank you very much for listening. Thanks, all. Thank you, everyone.